Bad news, Harry. I've just been to see Professor McGonagall about the firebolt. She uh, got a bit shirty with me, told me I'd got my priorities wrong, seemed to think I cared more about winning the cup than I do about you staying alive. Just because I told her I didn't care if it threw you off as long as you caught the snitch first. I love Oliver Wood. I know. Hello. Hello. I need to look up like greetings in other languages. Oh, yeah. We could do like a different language Bonjour. greeting. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> it's the only one I know. I was going to say danke, but that's thank you. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could say thank you for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> danke for joining us. <laughs> I don't know any other German. Um, this is the We Read Books podcast, a show where we read books and then we talk about them and that's it. Yep. And it's fun. We enjoy it. Everyone has fun. Yep. I guess. I was going to say by everyone, I, we mean us. Yeah. Well, we're everyone. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I mean, th- we've gotten a couple five-star reviews, so. Someone's enjoying it. Someone's having fun yeah. when they listen to us. <laughs> and that's Wit. And that's Mad. And we're your two-man group. Yep. Your hosts for this afternoon. Yes, it's Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, this is part two of a two-part thing. Mm-hmm. And we are doing part two on a different day. Yeah, the intention was to do both parts at the same time. And then it just... It was 9.30 p.m. when we finished part one, and we thought, we do have to work tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, I don't function very well on lack of sleep. No. No. Nor do I. I got, I gotta have my eight hours. I gotta at least have six. If I have six, I'm just... mm -mm. (laughs) Can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Uh, If you would like to contact us on our social channels... We've got Instagram and TikTok. We are at We Read Books Pod. And then our email is We Read Books Pod 23 at gmail.com. Ooh. I always want to do the Yahoo! <laughs> like you did <laughs> yeah. that one time, just because it's fun. Gmail doesn't have a cute, catchy little no, it, thing. It doesn't. I was just trying to think of how you could do that, but yeah. no, you can't. <laughs> But as I just said, this is part two of our Prisoner of Azkaban episode. Yes, it is. Yippee. <laughs> Both of these will be out at the same time. So yes. So you're not going to have any lag, but. Correct. We have lagged. You know, life gets busy and we were consistent for a good Long many episodes. Time. Yeah. So. We didn't take any breaks. Yeah. So we took one break. Well, two breaks, technically. We didn't release anything last week either. But we did two in one week. We did the two following in one week. week so. Correctamundo. We, we were trying, but you know, we didn't, we didn't make false promises in the beginning. We did say that we would yep. get to a point where we would maybe not be able to do every week. That's true. So life just gets busy and reading books takes time. It does. You know. It takes so much time. We don't want to rush through something and then give you a half-hearted something, you know. Yeah, that's right. And editing takes time. Oh, boy. Because, you know, we don't hire out for any of that. And I can't edit and read 
you know, at the same time. So if I'm doing one, then I'm not doing the other. That's right. That's true. Yeah. I have got, I have built myself up to where I can edit at 1.75 speed. I'm so impressed. (laughs) It, it's, uh, it's actually really entertaining. I should try it, but I'm just, I feel as if I'm going to (laughs) miss, like, I'm either going to shorten gaps between things too much, mm-hmm. or I don't know. I, I'm not sure what my fear is, but I'm just like, yeah. no, I got to do this at normal speed. I'm going to do something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, I can. What I generally do is I'm listening to it at a like sped up, but you can, the way that the audio looks on the wavelength on the, the same is the same. Yeah. So that's how I like. That's true. Find it. That's true. And you can kind of see like the like the tongue clicks mm-hmm. make a very specific like visual. They do. They do. So that's... not that you guys have ever heard them. <laughs> Hopefully, <No. laughs> I know one sneaks in there every once in a while because yeah. it'll be like buried in an audio right. that just it will not. It is not distinguishable. You can't pull it out. Yeah. But we yeah. really do try to pull out weird mouth sounds and ums and long pauses and stuff yeah. just so it's a little bit more smooth. But of course, we still leave in some of our word mishaps, one, because they're funny and two, you know. That's just how, yeah. We're human beings. Yeah. So Really, the best part of editing at that speed is hearing our voices at that speed. <laughs> It's just so funny because the they chipmunk both, effect. Yeah, yeah, you can't distinguish who's who either. They oh, sound really? exactly the same. So <laughs> it's extra funny. That is funny. <laughs> you're editing. You're like, wow, I made a really good point. And then we listen to it, and you're like, oh, that was that wasn't me. Rats. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Do we have any news? I don't think so. Okay. I haven't bought any books recently, so I don't have, like, a book buys corner. I did buy some books from a friend. Our buddy Emily was getting rid of some books and sent me a couple she thought I would enjoy. So I picked up the trilogy of The Discovery of Witches. So A Discovery of Witches, Shadow of Night, and The Book of Life. I do think there is a fourth book now, but I don't know if it's set in the same world or Mm. if it's separate don't know anything about it i just know that there's like another that they consider part of the what do they call those books all souls trilogy all souls is right actually so yeah i got the i got the trilogy of those um and then i got a book called reign of the fallen sounded very interesting it had to do with I guess zombies and like the undead, but like in a very fantasy setting. So Mm -hmm. it sounded really cool. And then I got Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, which I actually know nothing about it other than I've been told it's very odd. I think it's set at Yale. Um, But uh, I I like Lee Bardugo and it's just a duology right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm not committing to 10 more books. So yeah, I thought I'd give them a whirl. So I did pick those five books up this week. It is the All Souls series. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to get right back into the plot of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. So if you're listening to this first, you might be a little confused. So go back to part one of our discussion. Yeah. Because like we said, this is part two. We're picking up after we just learned that Sirius Black is Harry's godfather Mm -hmm. and also the betrayer of his parents who got them killed. Yikes. Yep. Yep. Harry had just 
sneaked in to Hogsmeade and overheard this conversation. That's mm-hmm. where we're picking up. So go back to part one if you have not listened to it all. Yeah. Or not. I mean, you know what? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've already read the book, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. So at, this is the point where Harry's like, he's pissed. Yeah. He's like, serious Black. Gotta go. Right. Now he's like, oh, I understand now why everyone has told me not to make any rash choices. Why Be- Malfoy was taunting him. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, because everyone knew if I knew that this dude got my parents killed that I would go after him. Right. Got it. Because it's sense. one thing... I mean, it's terrible either way, but it's one thing if it's just some random Voldemort follower. Right. Versus someone who was loved and trusted and betrayed them. Yeah. And Harry's godfather, which I think we talked about this in the first part. Yeah. That being someone's godfather in this world has, like, it carries an actual meaning. Yeah. You know, now a lot of times it's in title only, really. Right. But in this, there's... Like a an actual bond created. Yeah, and there so. was the expectation, like, yeah, if something happens to we the Potters and our child is left behind, serious, you will raise him. Yeah, exactly. So that makes that's just another knife in the gut there. Yes, absolutely. And Ron and Hermione, Hermione are like, oh, whoa, <laughs> cool, cool it down. Yep, just bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like he does chill down because then he, he gets does. distracted by everything else. Yeah. Yeah. He does kind of like, he's like, all right, your guys are right. But he backburners it. He does. You know, yeah. school gets busy. Quidditch yeah. picks up, you know. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, what is he going to do? He's 13 years old. Right. Like, come on. He's like, you guys are right. I won't <laughs> go after this murderer who apparently is very skilled at killing people. I guess I better not do that. Yeah. So at this point, they go to Hagrid's. At this, Because when they go to Hagrid's, Harry's like, I'm asking him. Yes. What, how how did he not tell me? Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. He comes yeah. in pretty hot. But he then does. he cools down really quickly. Yep. And Hagrid tells them that he just found out that Buckbeak is going to be put on trial for attacking Malfoy in the beginning. So the three of them. So this is, it really goes out of his mind. Because he's like, yeah. well, we got to help Hagrid. Absolutely. So. And Hagrid's heartbroken. He can't yell at him heartbroken crying i know sweet giant like you can't do that and he's yeah he's so like sweet and yeah you can't good job harry you can't just come in and be like okay you're sad your uh pet's about to be murdered but why didn't you tell me thank you for having emotional maturity in that moment harry (laughs) i am proud of you yeah (laughs) very nice (laughs) <laughs> Malfoy acting like a little piece of trash. What a little bitch boy. I don't understand the thought process behind all that. I agree. It's one thing, like, his prejudices and his certain behaviors are clearly inherited by his, his right. father yeah. and his raising of him. But just needlessly malicious choices like this, like, oh, yeah, I didn't listen. I misbehaved. I got attacked. Yeah. I'm going to milk it, and also I'm going to raise it up the flagpole to where, yes, now this animal is being murdered. Yeah. For what purpose, right. you devil child? I know. And it just doesn't make any sense that people are taking it seriously either because it was a cut. And Madame Pomfrey has clearly demonstrated that she's wildly skilled at medicinal healing. Yep. And... 
you know, she's regrown bones and all kinds of shit. Yep. A simple cut? Come on. It's just another example of Malfoy's sway and threat over the governors or just the bodies therein that he can manipulate, just like in the last book. Yep, that's that's exactly what it is. I don't know why he has so much sweat. It's not like he's got Voldemort in his back pocket like, hey, I'll sick him on you. Yeah. He's got nothing, but... It's got to be money. Something. Yeah. Or he's got blackmail on people or just... People are afraid to, I don't know, but he's got people threatened and scared. And so they're just kind of like, oh, well, yep, we better believe what he's. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably choosing their battles. Like, is this really that big of a deal? They're like, okay, if you want to kill a hippogriff, then whatever. Right, right. My daughter's life that you just threatened is not worth. This hippogriff that right. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, the book doesn't say that he did that. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, but <laughs> it has alluded, like in the second one, that he did threaten. 100%. You know, so I'm, yeah. we're not putting it past Lucius to have done something like this. No. Obviously, he would. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, the anger cools. He doesn't ask Hagrid why he never told him. Yeah, he just and, lets it go. Yeah, and they just vow to help Hagrid and start researching lawful cases to help. Yeah. But you would have been a great help in this case. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, they're looking at case law. Right. <laughs> but uh, after that, then we get to Christmas, which is always a wonderful time in the books. It is. Um, Harry wakes up to presents, and one of them is from an unknown sender, mm-hmm. and it is a firebolt broom. Whoa. Because, as we know, his other broom was destroyed. Splinters. Mm. So now he's got not only a new broom, but the broom. The Rolls Royce of brooms. The broom he was salivating over and restraining himself from. Yep. In Diagon Alley. The, it, it is here. It's here, and he is just uh, shocking off. Him yeah. And Ron are like basic. They basically just pass out over this right now. Oh yeah. And he even like goes to get his birthday present from Hermione, mm-hmm. like his his broom servicing kit. And he like gets it out. And he's like, "There's nothing to service on this yeah. broom. It is absolute perfection. Everything <laughs> is just so. Yes. Yeah. And he. Yeah. And they're just so jazzed to get outside and like fly it Mm -hmm. and Hermione sees it and she's like hmm okay she's like excuse me that could be from Sirius Black you know yeah and they're like nah (laughs) why would he send me a broom don't be ridiculous and I do think that I think it's maybe Ron like he can't just walk into a store and Correct. buy a broom. Like, he's the most wanted person in England right now. Correct. So, I mean, that is some sound logic. It is. And, I mean, and it's more likely that it's a teacher or someone, you know, that just doesn't want to seem like they're giving favoritism. Like, if Dumbledore had bought it for him, right. he may not put it on. Because if other kids found out, they already think that Harry's, like, got favoritism right. anyway. Right. But then if they found out that, like, Dumbledore bought him a firebolt, they'd be like, what the ever-loving heck? That's yeah. not fair. Not fair. So, there are other people that it could be. Right. But, you know, she thinks it's Sirius Black. Ron's like, get out of here. Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) And Harry's just like, a firebolt. (laughs) Yeah. He's in oblivion right now. He just has no, he has no cares. He's like, I don't give a fuck who this is from. (laughs) 
I have a fire bulb. It's my dream it's broom. Mine. It's mine. Yep. So, you know, they're basking in the glow of yes. all their presents. And they're yes. going down to the Christmas feast, which is probably the shit. It sounds really nice. And this one is like just a small little gathering. There's mm-hmm. not a ton of students that stayed this year. So it seems even cooler because mm-hmm. like you're hanging out with, in my mind, the cool professors, you yeah. know, except for Snape, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore there, you got Christmas crackers and yeah, hilariously and <laughs> one of them pops and it's like a hat with, with a vulture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So funny. But yeah, this little Christmas dinner party just sounds like a complete wonderful time. Yeah. I love it. I have to say, we don't have we don't do Christmas crackers here. Is that something they actually do in England? I believe so. Like so for you Americans out there, <laughs> we're not talking about crackers like crackers and cheese, uh, right. an edible thing. A Christmas cracker is like, uh, I think they're mostly tube shaped and mm. they're wrapped in like tissue paper and you pop it open. And sometimes it's like a tissue paper hat or confetti or like a little trinket or gift. Or mm-hmm. I think I've seen ones that had little notes in them. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just like a fun holiday little like surprise yeah. Thing. Right. But you crack it open. So I think that's why they call them crackers. Yeah. But, I mean, in like other BBC shows and things like that that I've seen, like they also do like Christmas crackers. So that must be like a, a real yeah. English tradition. Any of our listeners from the UK, please weigh in on Christmas crackers. Yeah. Now, I want some. This feels really fun. It does. I am sure that none that we could get would be as cool as these ones because they are awesome. Right. There's a ton of shit in them. These are magical Christmas crackers. <laughs> yeah. So I I understand that the idea in my brain is probably outlandish, but yeah. I want to try some real ones. 100%. So, if I had a PO box, I would now say it so you could send me some. Right. <laughs> but I don't. So. If, or if you could just recommend the best place that we could yeah. buy a reasonable one online. Yeah. Let us know. Please let us know. Cause I'm sure Google would help us out immensely here, but. But it you know, would be there's nothing like. You. Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing like getting a real person recommendation. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So they uh, they have their Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. They do their Christmas crackers. We have some little oddness from Trelawney. Yeah, <laughs> she's per usual. Per usual, <laughs> which is we'll talk about the weirdness of this scenario at the end. Okay. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> let me forget. Okay. So yeah, and yeah, this is the first time that Trelawney is actually like eating in the Great Hall with mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. She usually doesn't. So yeah. That's that's interesting. She had a vision of herself going to the dinner. So she thought, why fight oh. fate? You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, Trelawney. Yeah. I just, I feel very bad for her. Mm-hmm. But I also am like, oh. it's a com- conflict. Because yeah. I don't, I think it sucks that she constantly targets Harry and is like predicting his death. You have yeah. the shortest lifeline I've ever seen. Right. Well, according to McGonagall, though, she's done this to other students. Maybe yeah. not to this degree, but she's right. she's yeah. predicted other students' deaths at least once a year. So, yeah. woman, find a new hobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got Neville out here thinking someone's gonna 
or no, it wasn't Neville. It was Lavender. Yeah, like the thing that she feared would happen, and it just so happened like her bunny died, or I don't know. Yeah. You've just you've got people out here scrambling, fearing for their lives, other people's mm-hmm. lives. It's, you just need to calm down. Yeah, just just chill. Take it back a notch. Stop predicting people's deaths. Right. Maybe keep the negative predictions to yourself when it comes to children. If it's an adult and you feel very strongly about it, please pull them aside privately. But this in front of class to children, it's it's gotta stop. Gotta stop. (laughs) And honestly, no one... I'm not going to say no one, but very few people actually want to know that the day of their death. No. That would, I feel like that would ruin literally everything. Mm-hmm. You're just be living and you're like, damn, I only have three weeks until my death. Right. Like, what? You're going you're gonna to react in an extreme way. You're either going to yeah. hold yourself up and hope it doesn't happen, or you're going to go live your life wild and reckless. Yeah. Possibly ruining it beforehand. So you just... I feel like the latter would be me. I would be like, (laughs) fuck it. I'm about to act so wild. (laughs) Do some wild shit. Right. And then the day comes and goes and you're like, I'm still here. Didn't die. This sucks. I have some things to atone (laughs) for. (laughs) Many apologies. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, so we have a, a lovely Christmas dinner, and mm. I think, do Harry and Ron leave the party first? I think so. I think I they think so. stand up from the table first. Yeah. Hermione hangs back after the feast and tells McGonagall about the broom mm-hmm. and her suspicions that it could be from Sirius Black. And obviously, McGonagall it thinks, yes, this is sound logic. Yeah. And she goes to the common room and confiscates the broom. Ooh. This is the final broom straw here. This is <laughs> not good. We've already been kind of fighting and like snippy with each other. This, the, yeah. this is all out fallout. They are not talking to her after this. They are very furious. They are furious. Because up to this point, Harry's been kind of neutral. He, yeah. you know, he doesn't have a dog in the race between the scabbers and the crookshanks of it all. Right. He's just kind of like, you guys figure it out. Yeah, handle I, it. <laughs> ye, you know. But now, the fireball, he's like, oh, yeah. This isn't cool anymore. Right. So. I understand why they're upset, but I also. Yeah. Her heart's in the right place. 100%. And if it's just, you know, a few tests, you know, I, I know that you don't get to hang on to it. But, yeah. they yeah. I, Wouldn't you rather be sure? Yeah. I remember year one when you almost got bucked off your broom? Right. Right. Let's just be sure. Yeah. Because McGonagall does tell him, like, you'll get it back. If. When and if we <laughs> find that it's safe. Right. So. But we're children and we're impatient and. Yeah. You've snitched on us, and I'm angry. No snitches up in here. Right. Uh, And, yeah, they're 13-year-old boys. I mean, come on. The drama. Right. So, it's it's not a good time. Hermione is, like, depressed right now. Yeah. Fully depressed. Fully depressed. Which is sad. I feel really bad for her. I really do, too. I do, too. But, and, you know, classes are just ramping up, getting busier and busier. Mm -hmm. We're, you know... Heading into the last half of the school year. Yeah. And that's always way more stressful. Right. And then 
you know, Quidditch. There's all this pressure from the team for Harry to get a good broom. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I have a good broom, but... Yikes. Yeah, so they're just they're just busy with school and ignoring their friend. <laughs> yes, they are. And, you know, uh, once Oliver Wood finds out that Harry got a fireball for Christmas, he's like, this will not stand. Right. I'm going to make McGonagall see reason. Right. And he fails. <laughs> Miserably. <laughs> I do love his gusto, though. He... Just the way Wood, like, talks. It's just so funny. Um, I know. (laughs) And that opening quote that we put is Wood. He's so sweetly ignorant. Yeah. He's like, I mean, it's not like I want you to die, but, I mean, obviously. Listen, Quidditch. Yeah. (laughs) I want to win. Yeah. This is my last chance. Right. (laughs) So funny. But I just after. like when he says she got a bit shirty with me. I know. So funny. I know. I love it. <laughs> it's like uh, at the beginning with Fred and George whenever they like get together at Diagon Alley and he's like simply corking to see you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So funny. <laughs> and I feel like Wood almost sees himself like on the same level as the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to me. <laughs> He's just like, you know, I'm a Quidditch captain. Like, I'll just, I'll sit her down and we'll, she'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. This will work. No. <laughs> yeah. It simply didn't. No. Sorry, Wood. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, oh, Harry also starts his Dementor lessons with Lupin. Yes. He's starting to uh, do the Patronus charm. Mm-hmm. Or trying at least. Yes. Yeah. So. It takes him a little bit. Yeah, it does. Which he, makes sense. He has some natural capabilities, but this is a very advanced spell, so he struggles with it a little bit. Yeah, and I think also, aside from it being really advanced, Harry has not lived a very happy life. No. So the whole, like, way to, like, muster that Mm -hmm. power is Mm -hmm. through, like, a happy memory. And his happy memories are just not very happy. Right. It's like, oh, the time I first rode a broom. Oh, the day I found out I was a wizard. Oh, you know. Times with friends would probably be the best, but half the time he's with his friends, he's in peril, so. Right. It's, yeah. So thinking about that is just very sad. Like, when you try to think back in your life and your happiest memories are only, there are only two of them. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> and and he doesn't really, I feel like this is more of a movie thing, but like, it's like the stronger, the happy memory, the stronger your Patronus will be. I don't think he says that in the books though. Yeah. But still, yeah, it, it would be hard to, to produce the happy magic if, yeah. if, you know, you don't have a deep well of happy to pull from. That's right. I think his, uh, the one that, like, seems to work the best is when he found out he was a wizard, mm-hmm. which makes sense because yeah. he's getting out of his life of turmoil. Right. So, but, yeah, that just made me think about how depressing it is. Yeah. Like, his poor little life is just not yeah. very Well, happy. and that's why they affect him so much, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and then, I don't know how much we'll touch on it, but, yeah, it's just, like, the more that he experiences the Dementors, like, the more vivid the memory becomes of, mm-hmm. like, the last night with his parents. Like, all of it is, yeah. like, ugh. It's heart-wrenching. And then there's, like, his own self-reflection of, like, do I really want to stop this from happening? Because this is literally the first time in my life I've ever heard their voices. I know. That yeah. just, uh, uh, I thought that was such a cool 
dilemma to have him have. Like it yeah. was, it's, yeah. it's sweet and heart wrenching and sad and yeah, but understandable at the same time. Right. You know. Yeah. And he, I mean, he never dives into that. Oh, I'm gonna let it affect me so I can hear them. But it is right. a internal thought he has. It is. So I yeah. like that he has the thought, but doesn't give in to that thought. Right. You know. He acknowledges it, and yeah. then is like, "No, this isn't real." Right. I have to like get past this. I gotta learn to do this. Which may yeah. So I I always appreciate a moment of self-reflection from a character. And mm-hmm. I think we get that a lot from Harry. He does a lot of reflecting generally yeah. throughout the series, which I appreciate. And I think in some books, we don't get that a lot. Yeah. I like his self-awareness and his yeah. like admission to himself about things that he's feeling. Yeah. He's not under any false pretensions about himself, no. which is positive. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also, like, weirdly oblivious of other things, which yeah. is funny. But it makes sense, right? We're all really aware in some situations and completely unaware in others. Yes. Sounds very human. 100%. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, at this point, yeah, we're seeing, like, their schoolwork ramp up. And Hermione is stressed. Yeah, because, yeah, she's... Taking all of the classes. She's doing the most. Every class. And her friends aren't talking to her. Yeah. And she's helping Hagrid. Right. Which the boys are completely forgetting about, which shame on them. Right. They realize it later, but not yet. But yeah, she's helping Hagrid, doing all these classes, completely shut out by her two best friends. Yeah. She's having a rough time. She is. She really is. And it's unfortunate. It is. Really I sympathize with her, but I can also see from their 13-year-old boy brains yeah. why they're mad. Yeah. So, it just, it sucks. It's It sucks all around. It does. So, poor, poor little Hermione. I know. Mm-hmm. Harry does find out what's under Dementor's hood in one of his lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is basically the only people that know is people who no longer have their soul. Correct. But there has to be some sort of a mouth, mouth yeah. because... Of the Dementor's kiss. Yeah. The big... It's just like a big gaping hole. Just yeah. Like, <sighs> and it just sucks out your soul. <laughs> yep. That's it. Fun times. Ooh. Scabby. Slimy. Yeah. And this hole. Like, it just... I don't The like things that. that nightmares are made of. Yeah. I, uh... The scabby and slimy at the same time. I hate it. I know. I hated Ooh. it, too. It's the worst. I hate it. But, uh... You did note here, like, a revelation that Harry sort of has... During one of these lessons, he's like, hey, so, like, you were in school when my parents were in school, right? Like, you knew them? Mm-hmm. Lupin's very vague about it. He's like, oh, he, yeah, yeah, he I knew is. them. I, want, I just wonder why he's so vague about it. I mean, because I understand that he doesn't really want to admit or acknowledge his friendship with Sirius. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even if acknowledging his friendship with James mm-hmm. would reveal his friendship with Sirius. Everybody already knows. Right. Like Dumbledore, McGonagall, Flitwick, Snape. All of these people knew him all through school. They knew exactly who his friends were. Yeah. So the why is he hiding it? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just because it's hard for him to think about. It's yeah. less of a good memory and just a reminder of what he lost, I think. That's probably, yeah, that's true. In my mind. But, and then him and Harry kind of have a conversation, too, about, like, the Dementor's kiss. And I think Harry kind of has a, like, yeah, well, he deserves it. Yeah. And then we sort of have a Gandalf-Frodo moment where it's yeah. like, you know. But does he? 
who are you to decide what someone deserves kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I instantly was like, yeah, it made me think of that other conversation. So I, but I, I, it was, it was a good moment. I agree. Yeah. Cause Lupin says, does anyone deserve that? Right. Yeah. And Harry says for some things, but I feel like when Harry gets older, that sentiment is probably less black and white. Agreed. And I, but I think it's a, it's an important little seed yeah. That is is placed in and, and question that's placed in Harry's mind. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Does anyone really deserve the? I mean, I don't know what the modern real world equivalent of getting your soul sucked out would be. Maybe lobotomy. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't know that they really do those anymore because oh, they yeah. deemed them pretty. Yeah. Horrific, but I don't even I don't really know anything about <laughs> lobotomies generally, but only what I've seen in movies, and I'm not willing to completely trust that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it. I I feel like in some cases it doesn't actually it doesn't fully like affect the person's brain or whatever. I I don't know enough so from about what, it to speak to it. Right. From what I can tell, it's like a successful lobotomy done 100% perfectly. And again, this is just from <laughs> what I've seen in movies or referred to in things. A successful lobotomy, yeah, sort of takes care of the abnormalities, the irrational behaviors, but the person mm-hmm. is able to, like, still live a normal life. Mm-hmm. And then, like, obviously, worst case scenario, they... Lose all personality and or even worse, worst case scenario, they're just a vegetable. So, okay. I mean, you're playing around people's brains here. That's and right. Back in the day, it seemed as if they would just like, it seemed like they would take like a rod and like, you know, something spiky and like something in the brain. I don't know. It seemed very imprecise and yeah. dodgy to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Every time I think of, like, the Dementor's Kiss, I do think of lobotomies. Yeah. Because that's, like, the general gist that most people know. I just don't know if that, like, what the actual procedure is supposed to do. Yeah. But what, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I think it's meant to alter how the brain How the brain works. Yeah. The two sides of the brain, how they, like, come together or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Any uh, brain surgeons out there, (laughs) let us know. Hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I uh, do kind of wish Lupin would have just like been honest with Harry. I do too. I feel like it could have, I don't know. I also think that maybe Lupin was trying to still keep some distance, you know, between, again, unlike the movies, like they make Sirius and Lupin a little bit warmer, Mm -hmm. especially in the, in this particular movie, they, they, not that they're not warm towards Harry, but I Mm -hmm. feel like they amp that up in the movies where in the books, they don't get that opportunity really. But I do, I feel like Lupin is kind of keeping a barrier. Like one, I think the memories are sad for him. And then two, I just think that he probably doesn't want to get close to Harry like that. Mm -hmm. Not only because maybe because it makes him sad, but also it's like, he's a werewolf. Werewolves, for some reason, are very blacklisted in this Mm -hmm. society. You know, there's a lot of prejudice against them, which seems wild to me and doesn't totally make 100% sense. I agree. Especially if they didn't choose that they were bitten and become a werewolf. (laughs) They're just automatically like, oh, no, they're trash. Yeah. They could be a good functioning human being, but like, because they're a werewolf, they're, no. Yeah. I don't know. It's strange to me. It's the 
kind of like ostracism that I think probably people with leprosy struggled with in the past. And then people probably like in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s struggled with with HIV. I was going to say, I think it's less of a, exactly like a a race prejudice and more of a, yeah, disease comparison. I I do believe that that's what that's meant to represent. Yeah. Very sad. That's what I get from it for sure. Mm -hmm. It And it does like hold true for sure. Yeah. It is very sad, but... So many things. I know. It makes me... Now I'm stressed about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after the Dementor lesson, where Harry asked about what's under the Dementor's hood, he's on his way back to the common room. I think that's the one where he, like... He's at least getting some vapor coming out. He Something is happening yes. when he's doing the Patronus. Yes. It might not be what, like, the full shit is supposed to be. Right. But it's something. Yeah. He's and Lu- getting some smoke, some vapors. Yeah. So. And Lupin's like, listen, it's enough to where if it happens at Quidditch again, mm-hmm. you can at least get to the ground. Yep. And that's the whole point. Exactly. Because, as we said, this is a very advanced spell. Mm-hmm. Like, normally a third year would not be learning this. And even yeah. advanced students, this is not a spell that just anyone yeah. can seemingly learn. It, it this is It's difficult. This is real shit. It's like sixth and seventh year yeah. shit. Yeah. And he's a third year, so. And I think he even says, like, even... The most skilled wizards can't always. Yeah. I feel like it takes a lot of emotional awareness. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think it's a spell based on emotional intelligence. Yeah. So. So. Makes sense. So Harry's on his way back to the common room and he runs into McGonagall and she gives him the fireball back. Just in time because I think we got a match to Mari. (laughs) Yeah. He he really been cutting it close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She couldn't have even said, yes, we'll try and have it to deadline, you know, before the big match. Yeah. She didn't do that to ease his concerns. or she didn't. You know, she probably thought, oh, I'm not going to promise anything I can't deliver on. That's right. I mean, McGonagall's a straight shooter. She is. But yeah, so yay, he gets the broom back. He's pumped about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ron's pumped. And he's like, yeah, let me have a ride on it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of resolve at this point. They're like, let's just, let's make up with Hermione. Because we got the broom back, no harm done. Right. Whatever, whatever. Right. And then... Oh, he uh, goes upstairs, finds some blood on his sheets. Scabbers nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. But what is there to be seen is some ginger cat hairs. Ugh, we just buried the hatchet. Even Hermione, you know, it's like they're lucky that she was so willing to be, you know, move with the fast yeah. sway of their emotions like right. oh you forgive me now like she even yeah. said she was like well i'm glad that it's safe but it could have been dangerous like i yeah. hope you understand that yeah you know and they're just kind of like yeah okay but yeah can we let's just be friends let's, let's just be cool yeah and then he sees this which i don't know how else you could really interpret what he found right and yeah livid is he is pissed because yeah. it appears like i mean crookshanks it appears like he ate him. Right. He just ate Scabbers. Bing, bang, boom. Dead. And this isn't the first. This has been an ongoing On, problem. This has been a problem for the entire book. Mm-hmm. And he he's just like, I've been telling you. Yeah. And Hermione and him are basically, their friendship basically over at this point. Oh my gosh, yeah. So... Is Harry kind of in the middle, or does he kind of take Ron's side, I feel like? I think in his head, he's kind of like, well, I bet Crookshanks 
did eat scabbers, mm -hmm. but I also think he kind of doesn't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's well, like, you know, cats eat rats. I don't yeah. know. I think he even said, he's like, you said that he was sickly and boring and, you know. Yeah. Can't yeah. you just sort of move on from this? <laughs> right. But I do think that him and Ron, like, I think Hermione in that moment is just so fed up with the way that they've been treating her. Yes. And she's just like, I knew you're going to, she's just like, take Ron's side. I don't care, basically. Right. And, yeah. like, runs away. Right. And so I think he, I don't think he necessarily has beef with Hermione at this no. point. But he's kind of like. I mean, he sleeps in the same room as Ron. Yes, exactly. You know, they have more similar interests. So yeah. it's just sort of. So just, it's almost by default. Yes. He's on Ron's yes. side. <laughs> so it sucks. It does. And, you know, I guess it does suck that Crookshanks ate scabbers, but mm -hmm. it's kind of also like animals will be animals at the end of the day. Right. I don't know. But in order to try and cheer Ron up, Harry does let him fly the firebolt. Right. After the next Quidditch practice. Yeah. Which he would have done anyway, but oh, yeah. he's kind of sure. hoping like this will be a good distraction from yeah. his anger and grief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. And it does kind of work. Yeah. I mean, you know. Hermione's too busy with all her classes anyway. It's just That's like, true. I can't even handle yeah. this nonsense. This, this drama is just too much for me right now is basically right. her, her view. I'm sure she's like, I've controlled my cat as much as I can. I'm sorry that he hates your rat. Yeah. You don't have any proof that my cat ate your rat, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially. She's like, yeah. those hairs could have been there from Christmas. Right. Right. Now, if I were Ron. I would understandably be angry to be like, your cat's headed out for my rat. I don't know what the deal is, but. <laughs> yeah. I do. Now it seems that. murder has occurred. Yeah. And you don't care and you're not sorry. And I'm mad. Yeah. So I see both sides. I agree. But it's a tough one. Yep. So that's, that's constantly going on in the background in this entire book. It, yeah, it is. Um, but now we're focused on the second Quidditch match, and this one is against Ravenclaw. Woo! Uh, the whole crowd is watching this firebolt oh, yeah. zoom around the field. It's like the the highlight of the game. For yeah, everyone. Lee Jordan can't even keep it together. Normally, no. he can't keep it together. You know, he's always making side comments, and you know, McConnell's getting on him. But this time, all he can talk about is this firebolt. Yeah. So it's even worse than usual. <laughs> And he, he, like, knows all the stats, too. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. Fully informed. And McGonagall's like, is this an ad for Firebolt? What's going on? Right. Here? Don't make me scoot you out of the way and make me do the, your job for you. Exactly. Like. <laughs> exactly. I do really love the, like, through line of Lee Jordan always being the Quidditch commentator. At yes. At least for the first, what, five books. Yeah. It's just I love great. when Luna Love goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She she does. A, she is really funny. Yes. Losers lurky. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but yeah, Lee Jordan is fantastic at his job, no matter what McGonagall yeah. says. <laughs> I in in my own headcanon, I feel like he is a professional Quidditch commentator. Yeah. That's his profession. Out, out once he's graduated from Hogwarts, that's what he does. Even if the books or something else says his profession was something else, it's then not. he's doing this, he's doing commentating on the side. I don't care what yeah. you say. This this is he was born to do it and I I refuse to believe he's doing anything else. It'd be really funny if he had a kid that went to 
Hogwarts and he's like, can I commentate on the games? I'll be a volunteer parent. I'll do the, I'll do the <laughs> yeah. announcements during the games. And then he's just focused on his kid. Yeah. That would be really fun. <laughs> and it's just same, same. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like bias again, you know, for Gryffindor and it would be great. It would be so great. But speaking of distractions, Lee Jordan's not the only one who's, mm. a, who's a bit... You know, preoccupied during this game because uh, we meet the Ravenclaw seeker, a Miss Cho Chang. Yeah. And uh, Harry's pretty spitten. He is. He's like, huh. He's like, hey, that girl's pretty cute. She is pretty. Until she starts bumping up against him and being a yeah. pretty tough opponent as far as seekers go. He's like, okay, I got to get my head in the game and stop focusing on how cute she is. That's right. I got to I gotta do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like trailing him and basically just attempting to follow him. Yeah. He will lead her to the snitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which I She's mean, got I, tactics. It's Yeah, it's a strategy. Mm-hmm. And Wood's like, hey, quit <laughs> quit messing around here. Yeah. Just knock her off her broom if yeah. you have to. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Get your head in the game. Yeah. Let knock her off her broom. Stop being crazy. Yes. Yeah. So that's basically what we get in the Quidditch match. We're yeah. Cho and Harry doing their thing. And mm-hmm. he he's like trying to put the firebolt to use. And like, and he does. Yeah. You know, her broom can't compete. He's already an exceptional flyer anyway. And yeah. now he has the best broom. Now he's got the tools. Please. So he's, he's on his way. He's seeing it. Yep. And then what appears to be three Dementors are on the field again. And yep. he's like, damn it. So he gets swanned. Mm-hmm. He does this little Patronus. And then he still catches the snitch. Like bing, a boss. Bing, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking nailed it. Gryffindor wins. Gryffindor wins. Woo. Uh, I'm a Ravenclaw, so I I would cheer for Ravenclaw, but. Right. You know. Wah, wah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know, we never get a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff win. No. We're really just focused on the two main rivaling. We are. We are. Whatever, you know. I think Ravenclaw does get a little bit more page time than uh, our Hufflepuffs. Yeah, because they act like Hufflepuffs are just the side duds. Oh, yeah. We are no duds. We get a little more time in the fourth book. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's acting kind of like a jerk. Yeah. So how can you say the Hufflepuffs are like the nice little wimps and then... And an entire book because of, you know, yeah. <laughs> because of circumstances. They're kind of buttholes. Yeah. But I don't remember if they're buttholes in the book or if that's just a movie thing. I th- I don't think they're, like, buttholes. I think they're just, uh, I, don't, I think they're just upset. Yeah. Indignant, yes. maybe, would I be think, a I think term. I think you're right. I think it's more a movie thing that yeah, shows them being actively jerky. Yeah, I don't think they were acting. And I guess jerky. they were a little jerky in Chamber of Secrets as well. Yeah. Not the whole class, but a couple of them. Yeah. Our, like, Harry's age group of Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Yeah, like Ernie, Justin. Justin Finch Fletchley. Uh, <laughs> Hannah. Mm-hmm. So we get a, quite a few Hufflepuffs. And, yeah. Yeah. And Ernie. Maybe we do get more Hufflepuffs than we do Ravenclaws. Actually, I think we or do. Or maybe it's 50-50. It could be. It could be even. I don't know. I guess maybe because of Luna, mm-hmm. I just feel like I get more Ravenclaw. True. But outside of Luna, I mean, Cho, obviously, for mm-hmm. a smidgen of time. But yeah. I just feel like maybe just because Luna is so mm-hmm. prevalent. Yes. And all the other, like, of the gang is yeah. Gryffindor. Yeah. Isn't one of the twins, uh, the uh, 
Patil twins? Isn't one of them a Ravenclaw? Yeah. Cool. In the movies, she is not. Yeah, they're both Gryffindors. Yeah. But I guess that was easier for them. <laughs> I don't know how that could have been easier for them because, I mean, it's only the one movie that you get the Patil twins together. Correct. And it's the fourth. And then in the fifth, you have to have Lavender. So they had to bring in a new actress to play Lavender. Mm-hmm. Why Why not just have Lavender in the classes? The classes. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, and what's even funnier, I think in the movies, the, I don't think that the Patil twins, the, those aren't, those girls aren't twins. The At least twins? in the later ones. Oh, yeah. The actresses. In, the actresses are not, not twins. They're not sisters or twins. Yeah. They don't look remotely similar. It's not like you were like, oh, we've got the twin power. I mean, like, we've got both of these girls. They look exactly the same. How cute. And their little robes. Let's just put them together in the same class. Mm-mm. These girls that were cast were not even siblings. No. So I don't understand not. it either. It didn't but. make any sense. Whatever, though. Right. Uh, Sorry, side rant. Side rant. Over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we win the Quidditch match. And turns out the Dementors were not Dementors. Mm-mm. They were the Slytherins. Mm-hmm. It was Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, and the captain of the Slytherin Quidditch team, whose name I don't care about. Marcus Flint, I Marcus think. Marcus Flint. I can see his face in my brain. 100% you can. (laughs) Uh, So they had dressed up as Dementors to try and, like, sabotage Harry. Right. Without realizing that it's not the sight of Dementors that makes him pass out. It's their power. Correct. But I think they were thinking that it would still unnerve him enough. Yeah. That they would lose. Yeah. It's so funny that Snape and Malfoy work so hard to make Gryffindor lose. Because it's like, oh, so clearly you acknowledge that they're a superior team and you're just punks. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah, it's so (laughs) weird. It's a weird vendetta. So dumb. I guess it makes more sense for Malfoy because he's actively on the Quidditch team. Right. But Snape, you're an adult. What, why do you feel the need to, like, try and prevent Harry from playing Quidditch at every turn? He's ridiculous in this book. He's he's the most ridiculous, and I don't care what anyone says. Because he's the first one to say, you know, he's hanging on to stuff from his childhood and calling certain people bullies and being mad about it. And then he is that much or worse to every child he encounters. That's right. When you were a kid, Snape, they were a kid bullying a kid. It wasn't right, but... I guarantee you were also snotty, so you weren't perfect. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't right what happened to you. But you were an adult man bullying children. Yeah. I'm going right. to need you to chill the hell out. Right. <laughs> and I, that's what I don't understand when people try and, like, defend Snape so hard. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, James was such a bully and he was such a bull- bully to everyone and blah 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 and i'm like okay he was a bully to snape mm-hmm. i don't it's not clear or stated mm-hmm. in canon that he was a bully to everyone Mm-mm. he was a bully to snape mm-hmm. and it's said explicitly that snape did not ever miss an opportunity to hex james Correct. if it presented itself so they both so they both bullied each other mm-hmm. and not that that makes either action okay or absolves either one of them. No. But you can't say that Snape is so much better than James because it's explicitly stated that he did his fair share of attacking James when James was, when his 
cheek was turned. Yep. So to me, it's a wash. Agreed. For them. They were both shitty to each other. And James grew out of it. Mm-hmm. And Steve I didn't. Right. I feel that James would have been cordial. Yeah. As adults, if James was still alive, mm-hmm. I feel like he would have been like Remus to Snape. Yeah. Like, the way that Lupin and Snape interact, I feel like Lupin treats Snape with respect, and mm-hmm. I feel like James would. Sirius? No. <laughs> Sirius is the hothead of the crew. He's, right. He's not down. But no. I think also, in this scenario of this world that we're in, Sirius still sees Snape as a Death Eater, mm-hmm. and Sirius is never going to get over that. Right. So I think his grudge against Snape is less about their childhood and more about the fact of... Who he is, who or who he, he perceives who Snape he to was. be. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you were a supporter of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. You were the one, spoiler alert, who told Voldemort about the prophecy that then led him to kill Lily and James. Yeah. Never. Right. Never going to get over that. Yo fault. <laughs> I, I understand that logic. Yeah. So Snape is holding on to a childhood grudge. Yeah. Sirius's grudge is adult. Right. And then Snape turns around and tortures children emotionally. Yes. So I, you can step off now. <laughs> the, the Snape sympathizers, I don't get. It's the Alan Rickman of it all. It's the I love Alan Rickman. Me too. And he does bring heart to the character. He does. And but we're we're talking about what's book. on the page. Yeah. Book Snape. Book Snape is he's the he's the worst. He's, he's the worst. He's vindictive and he's callous, yes. vindictive, cruel. Mm-hmm. You'll never convince me that he is better than James. Right. Never. And then you have the argument, too, like, well, if you can't excuse Snape's behavior, how can you ex- excuse, like, Malfoy's? And again, Malfoy is a child. And child. he, again, makes changes in his adult life that yeah. he doesn't repeat the bad behaviors. So Right. Exactly. That's where I can excuse Malfoy a bit. There, it's There's always going to be the caveat of Malfoy being a child. Right. And also just did the character change for the better? Yeah. And and what were the motivations for the change? And exactly. was the change genuine? These are all really big factors. They're all huge factors. Because at the end of the day, Snape didn't change because uh, what he was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Snape changed because... The, Someone he cared for was in danger. Yeah. Because... Lily, he was obsessed with Lily. Mm-hmm. I don't think he loved her. I don't... I, yeah. I'm i nodding don't, my head. You guys can't see that. <laughs> I just don't think that that's love. No. And I think he was obsessed with her, and she was this idealized... He had her on this pedestal, mm-hmm. and she was this idealized object that he wanted. Right. And then when she didn't behave the way that That he he wanted, wanted, he called her cruel names. Yeah. That is not how you treat someone you love. No. And I think that he, his obsession with her never lessened. And then when she was killed, it just intensified. Right. And it was mingled with guilt and all kinds of other things. So I I understand that there is an emotional complexity but it, I agree. it does not excuse I think anything. He, I think he thought he loved her. Yeah. But he he I don't think he fully knew how to love someone. Mm-mm. And so his love was more of an obsession. Right. And I'm sorry if you loved her. Like, don't you think that she would have wanted you to treat her child with 
That's, that's... A modicum of respect? That's exactly what I think as well. If you loved this person and mm-hmm. you knew that she died because she loved her son so much mm-hmm. that she couldn't imagine not dying for him and then you treat him with such cruelty, mm-hmm. how how is that uh, loving her? Right. Cause it isn't. And even if he blames Harry, it's like... Harry couldn't control the prophecy. It just was. It just was. Whereas Snape made a choice that led to. (laughs) So. Yeah. Even still, it's like, you're just wrong, dude. You're just wrong. It's so, you're just wrong. I feel like it's so clear. Mm -hmm. And I I don't see any of this changing further into the books. We may have a little bit more sympathy later, but from what I remember, this is how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I don't know, but. There's always, I feel like sometimes it's like the Nesta lovers, it's the Snape. They're the same people. Yeah. The people who love Nesta and I love I think Snape. that there are people that I, maybe identify with them or like feel the injustice that these characters, you know, they, they feel like, well, they were wronged. And in some ways, yes, I guess. But they had their part to play and they were equally as terrible as the things that happened to them or worse. Yeah. You don't get a free pass to be a trash can on fire just because someone set you on fire. Like, you don't get to then burn the world and go, well... This happened to me. This happened to me first. No. Sorry. Yeah. I just... I just can't understand. Right. Like I said, I I have grace for a character that takes bad things that happen to them or just or is just bad because of how they were raised or whatever it's like i i have more grace for a character that is bad sees the error of their ways and becomes better Mm -hmm. because of their own choices their own emotional maturity yeah but if you're just gonna be a jerk and then go well that's why i i i'm just not on board with that i agree and i you know i feel like the concept of people who have trauma in their lives it even though you've been hurt it's not still not okay for you to hurt someone else right i feel like that's a concept that everyone kind of agrees yeah you can't just because you were hurt yeah you you were hurt it's fine to be upset about this Mm -hmm. acknowledge it but it's not fine for you to use that as an excuse to hurt someone else right i feel like that is a universally accepted thought process yes until it applies to a character in a book. Yeah. When it when we're trying to apply that generally accepted logic to a book character, mm-hmm. then people get wild. Yeah. I see it so often in like comments specifically about Nesta. Uh-huh. It's just I mean, it's like a dumpster fire in there. People I... refuse <laughs> to even entertain the idea that she's a terrible fucking person. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm sorry. I'm like even we, it, even if she becomes better later, you can't tell me that you when you first meet her, you don't go, "Wow, you suck." <laughs> like, there's literally no reason for you to be treating your sister this way. None, literally, other than your own shortcomings, which then just be mad at yourself. Yeah, sorry, your, your trauma up at this point in the book, before the whole cauldronness of it all, at this point in the book. Farah has gone through the exact same trauma that you have. Mm-hmm. But then had a weight thrown on her shoulders, unlike yeah. you. So How are you being so mean to her? And why are we excusing it? 
I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Mind-boggling and baffling. We'll get into that more. We later. will. We will. Because, yeah. I just <laughs> these people. I know. I don't get it. I know. Come for me if you want. I don't care. Please. Please. You're never going to convince me it's okay to be cruel to others. Correct. I'm so sorry, but you can't. We're, we're not going to get off this soapbox. We're just going to continue to stand on it, but we will move on. We will move on. But this is a hill we're both dying on. 100%. <laughs> I think I've said 100% 20 billion times yeah. this episode. but We're very passionate about I'm this just, topic. I'm feeling strong today. That's right. I've had like a whole bunch of coffee at this point in the day. We're very passionate about this subject. So there you let's go. go. Let's go. We'll we're ready fight to, you. We'll fight. I mean, let's take this to the street. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Jesus loves me. So, anywho. Anywho. <laughs> now it's time for a big old party. Whoop, whoop. Is this like the first big Gryffindor house party that we get? I think so, because the last time, like, I feel like this is just like, we're on the road to winning. Yeah, because this is like, the next one is it. Yeah, because the last times, like, they were kind of out of the race yeah. earlier on because Harry was injured or... Or whatever. Yeah. So and the Chamber of Secrets kind of canceled everything. Exactly. Right. So I think this is the first time they're like feeling like they're tasting this the wind it. coming down the. Yeah. You know, it's their turn. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a Gryffindor house party. It's bumping. Fred and George <laughs> steal food from Honeydukes. Wink, wink. <laughs> and. It goes into the night, and McGonagall has to turn up and be like, listen, here. Yeah. Super pumped we won, but get your asses to bed. (laughs) This is just crazy. Right. You are children. We are at school. (laughs) Yeah. Get to Uh, bed. I just made me think of being young Mm -hmm. and having, like, a sleepover with your friends. Yes. And you're staying, and it's, like, late, late, and you're like, I can't go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Absolutely. That's what made me think of. That's a, that's a good comparison. So cute. It is so cute. Just staying up to the wee hours of the night, talking about life. Yep. Making big revelations about the world mm-hmm. at 13. Right. <laughs> Doubtful. Yeah. I'm sure all they were talking about was Quidditch oh, probably. And, and the snacks, but they were pumped. Yeah. Beyond belief. That's right. <laughs> but they do eventually fall asleep. They do. But not for super long, because then Harry's awoken by a scream in the night. Scream in the night. It's Ronald Weasley. Ronald Weasley. (laughs) I just love saying his name. So Mr. Ron's screaming because his bed curtains are slashed, and he says he's just been attacked by none other than Sirius Black. Yeah, In, in the dormitory. In the dormitory, he says he saw Sirius Black... You know, rip open his curtains with, with a, a knife. knife. <laughs> <laughs> and there are slashes in his curtains. Because at first they're like, dude. Come on. You're having a bad dream. It's okay. He's like, look at my curtains. I didn't do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, all right, well, fair point, but Right. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, you know, McGonagall is shocked, upset. Yeah, she you know, has no idea what to think. Because as if you remember from the episode you just listened to... <laughs> Assuming. Uh, Sir Cadogan is 
the portrait guarding the Gryffindor Tower now because the fat lady was like, heck to the no. Yeah, she's like, listen, that is above my pay grade. Right. She's like, I'm not getting attacked out here again. (laughs) So she questions Sir Cadogan. She's like, who, how did he get in? How did he get in? Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, he, he had the password. He had a whole list of them, actually. The whole week's worth. Oh, boy. Uh, you know that one kid that can't seem to remember the password when it stays the same? Well, Sir Duggan's changing it every five minutes. Poor Neville, like, wrote them all down. Yep. And uh, lost it. And who found it but Sirius Black. So sure. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, even though he had the password, like, don't aren't you smart enough to know that, like, you shouldn't let him in? Yeah. But yeah. So... Yikes. That Poor just, old Neville. Yep. So, uh, Sir Cadogan no longer has that, <laughs> yeah, he's, that responsibility anymore. He's and fired. Neville is in huge trouble. He's, like, not allowed into the corridor. Like, he can't have the passwords nope. after this. He has to be let in by other students mm-hmm. and... And all that jazz. Doesn't the fat lady come back? Mm-hmm. But she's like guarded by trolls, mm-hmm. and it's like a whole—it's a whole big thing. It's but a yeah, whole thing. yeah. Sir Cadogan, shame, shame. Neville, sh- oh, also poor shame, guy. shame. Poor guy. <laughs> He's just trying to. His mistakes are never malicious. It's always just. It's always poor just... Neville. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. So it's not great, but it's not, yeah, not good. Yeah. So. Oh. But all everything, you know, is kind of switched up. But, I mean, yeah, the danger is real. Danger is real. And Ron gets quite a bit of attention retelling his serious black story. Right. Which is a change because it's usually Harry that gets the attention. So right. So Ron's kind of like, <laughs> right. yes, I have a story to tell. Right. You know, he's he's one of several children, doesn't uh-huh. ever get, like, special attention. And his best friend is, like, super popular. So this yeah. is his little 15 minutes of fame. He's enjoying it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't hurt, so, I mean, right. nothing lost. Yeah. He just has a cool story. Yep. There you go. Yep. But, uh, so, after all this, and I still feel like, even after this, like, Harry and Ron aren't, like, on alert or scared like they should be. Nah. <laughs> They're just kind of like, me. They're focused on Quidditch they and are. life and yeah. in general. And They're their boys. Yeah. That's yep. pretty much all you need to know. 100%. Uh, but so Harry and Ron are summoned by Hagrid to his hut because enough's enough. Enough's enough. Hagrid's like, you need to stop being mean to Hermione. Mm-hmm. She is a good friend. She had the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been helping me with this trial and everything. She's busy with school. She's overwhelmed. She's emotional, understandably so. Like, you guys mm-hmm. need to get over this. And he's like, yeah. hey, guess what? Cats eat rats. That's just the... That's the name of the game. Yeah, that's that's just nature. That's how it works. Like, you need to quit. Yeah. And I mean, when someone's sweet and wonderful like Hagrid, like, is serious and mm-hmm. lays down the law with you... You gotta take them serious. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, but they, they kind of... I mean, it seems like Harry is a little bit like, yeah, you're right. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. Yeah. But Ron is kind of just like, well, she won't apologize, so I don't care. Right. I'm like, uh, this is not the time to dig your heels in. No, it is not. <laughs> Get over No, it, it is not. <laughs> I mean, you can still be upset about Scabbers while forgiving Hermione. Right. Just don't be so mean to her. Yeah. These are not mutually exclusive. Right. So. Yeah, he's being a little too stubborn at this point, I yep. think. Uh, but he is also 13 years old, and that's 
you know, 13-year-old yeah. boys. But that's when they realize, oops, they haven't been helping Hagrid like they promised they would. Thankfully, yeah. Hermione has, which, right. let's be honest, she probably would have been the one finding the most stuff anyway. Yeah. But still. Still, it's the the idea of helping. Right. And he's not even mad at them for that. No, he's like, he's I understand that, you, you know, he's just... He's so sweet and understanding and wonderful, but also, like, calling it like it is. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot for Hagrid to, like, get stern with these boys. So I it's agree. like, he's yeah. right. You know he's right. And he clearly, like, feels very strongly about it. Yeah. Because I, in Hermione, he does say at this point that she's been spending a lot of time with him mm-hmm. at his hut because, I mean, she doesn't really have other friends uh, aside from Harry and Ron. Right. I mean, in the later books, she is, gets really close with Ginny and stuff, but she doesn't have other friends, really. So mm-hmm. Hagrid, she's been, you know, trying yeah. to keep using Hagrid as, like, a, you know, her company. Yeah. A rock to lean on. A rock to lean on, yeah. A rock cake, if you will. A rock cake. Oh, <laughs> He's so good at making those. Mm. <laughs> just the term rock cake, just probably, I don't want to eat that. No. So. It sounds like what it is, a cake that's hard as a yeah. rock. <laughs> I know. Eesh. But after this, so here and Ron, they're kind of like, mm, we'll d- We'll take what we'll, you say under advisement. Yeah. We'll think about this. <laughs> get back to you. So another Hogsmeade trip comes up and obviously Harry's like, I got the invisibility cloak. I'm going to sneak in again. Again, because they don't care that a murderer almost tried to murder them. It's like, yeah, let's keep breaking the rules and get outside these walls. That's right. (laughs) And so they go to Hogsmeade. Harry's in the invisibility cloak and um, he meets Ron and then, you know, they're doing their thing and then they are up at the Shrieking Shack and they run into Malfoy, obviously, who thinks that it's just Ron by himself. Right. And he's like, ooh, easy target. Easy target. So he starts, like, you know, talking his shit. And here he's like, <laughs> I'm going to get you. So he, like, under the invisibility cloak, like, gathers up some mud and, like, smacks Malfoy right in the back of the head with some mud. Yes. Which is very 13-year-old boy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> But someone like Malfoy, you know that that's just, like, probably the yeah. epitome of disgusting. Like, yeah. oh, I'm dirty. He, Yeah, because he probably is wearing, like, very expensive mm-hmm. robes and... Probably spent 30 minutes gelling his yeah. hair. Yeah, he's got to get that slick back just <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah, so Harry's, like, throwing mud everywhere, and he tries to trip, I don't know if it's crab or goil, but one of the two. Mm-hmm. They're basically the same. Crab and Goyle, they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like Shakespeare does that in a lot of his plays. In Hamlet, it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> and it's just, they're basically one character in two different people. Gotcha. They are all, they're never on page without the other. Mm-hmm. And they're just there to like support the character like gotcha. crab and goyle exist as a unit to support malfoy that's right. It. <laughs> right so he trips one of them and their foot gets caught on the invisibility cloak and pulls it and his head is showing and malfoy's like i see you <laughs> yeah and he like hightails it back to school he's like yeah, yeah i'm telling right <laughs> he's probably like really pumped about it too. i'm i'm sure <laughs> I think he, like, is scared at first, and then it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, then he realizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So Harry's like, shit. Mm-hmm. And he also books it back to school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, <laughs> what's so 
weird to me is so he's running back to school. He hides the invisibility cloak like in the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he gets out of the entrance, the hidden entrance, Mm -hmm. Snape is like there. Yeah. But his hands are still muddy. Like the whole time you're running through that tunnel, (laughs) wipe your hands, bud. Like clean, wipe them off on the invisibility cloak or something. Right. But I don't think Snape sees him. Does he see him come out of the, the witch's hump or he just... He's Snape just, is in the hall and he's he catches Harry like right after yeah, I he gets out of the secret passage. Yeah. So I it's like think, Harry's just in the hallway as yeah, far Harry's as Snape knows, but Snape's like He's I think he's kind of suspicious of that specific spot though, because yes. earlier in the book he saw Harry in that same location. Him and Neville. Him and Neville. Yeah. And he was then like looking at the witch's hump, yeah. like trying to find something. Right. So I think he maybe suspects. Right. And he was 100% in the vicinity and was yeah. like, Potter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know why Harry, what while he's on his way back, why mm-hmm. he's not like, I gotta get this mud off me. Right. Because <laughs> this, the mud on your hands is literally the calling card. 100%. Like, you ever... I didn't remember knows. that the mud was still on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line after, like, I think... When him and Snape are on their way to Snape's office right mm-hmm. after he catches him, yeah. he realizes his hands are dirty, so his hands are in his pockets, and he's trying to, like, yeah. wipe them off. <laughs> what a ding-dong. Uh, yeah, you should have thought about that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yikes. So, he he catches Harry, and then making him empty his pockets, mm. and, you know, what, what paraphernalia do you have, you know? Yeah. To see, to prove that he was in Hogsmeade. So it's yeah. like, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, where'd you get that? Yeah. <laughs> so he's got all this stuff. And he has this piece of parchment, which we know is the Marauder's Map. Right. But thankfully he mis- uh, mischief managed it or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, so it's blank. Right. Yeah. But, you know, then it's like, uh, then it starts insulting him because, you know, he tells it to reveal its yeah. secrets. And it's starting ins- to insult him and he's getting real mad, which. Yeah. That's exactly what you want to piss off the guy whose yeah. his main goal in life is to ruin yours. Yeah. So he uh, calls on Lupin to it, look at this yeah. thing because it's full of dark magic, you know. Yeah. And luckily Lupin's just like, oh, it's a Zonko's product. It's meant to... Insult whoever reads it. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, Ron comes like huffing down the hallway. I gave Harry that <laughs> stuff Yeah. last time. <laughs> Without thinking that it begs the question, how did you know so quickly that Harry's in Snape's office? Right. (laughs) We aren't worried about that. We're just worried about the current trouble that we are obviously in. Right. (laughs) So. Exactly. And so Lupin kind of, like, mollifies Snape a little. Snape's probably not convinced, but what Mm -mm. else is he going to say? I mean, he doesn't have, like, he can't prove He's, like, suspecting that this piece of parchment is a map right. that shows how to get into Hogsmeade, but yeah. he can't prove it. Nope. So Lupin's like, all right, well, this is sorted. Harry, Ron, you come with me, because I got, we got some, some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Lupin is, takes him back to his own office and basically lectures Harry about being careless. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know this is a map. I know the people who created it and it's really careless of you to right. with black out here on the loose right after what just happened to ron mm-hmm. and you're just out here willy-nilly yeah 
And Harry's like, shit. You're it's right. like, you guys were more worried about the snake in the walls last year. Yeah. When the yeah. danger was to everyone else. <laughs> the danger is literally to you, and you couldn't yeah. give two craps. Yeah. Boy. Exactly. <laughs> How to repay your parents' sacrifice. Ooh, that, that was a knife in the gut right that there. That was. Ugh. How many times do you boys have to be scolded yeah. for your ridiculous behavior this year? <laughs> exactly. They are acting so out of pocket all year. Oh, my goodness. Get it together. Yes. Thir- being 13 does suck, though. Yeah. Damn, yeah. being 13 sucks. Mm-hmm. I think being 12, 12 and 13 are probably the worst ages to yep. be. Sucks. And everyone expects you to suck, so they're going to treat you like you suck, even yeah. if you do or don't. I know. God. Uh, <laughs> I don't, obviously, I've never been a 13-year-old boy. No. So I don't know how that is, but being... A 13-year-old girl was no walk in the park either. I feel like it's worse. Has to be worse. Think about what is that. You're like, your whole body is fully changing. And it's not like everybody's like, oh, a boy's body's changed too. A girl's body changes and it's obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's staring at you. Especially yeah. the 13-year-old boys in your class because <laughs> yeah. they're constantly acting straight ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're probably making comments about it to you. Oh, so it God. makes you even more self-conscious. I would not go back to that And you're age to, like, that's yeah. when most people are, like, starting their period, like, 12, yep. 13. Yep. Uh, everything about it, it's just the worst. Yep. Never could you pay me enough to be 12 or 13. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, no. Nope. Never. Nope. I'll stay this age, or whatever age I continue, you know. Yeah. Thank you. I will not go backward. Ugh. Ever, ever. And yeah, I wouldn't want to go backwards, but if someone was like, I'll pay you an exorbitant amount of money if you were pick an age to go back to or whatever, mm-hmm. most, like, I would be fine with. Depends, too, if you get to go back with the knowledge you have or just go back to that age with yeah. no knowledge. Yeah. I don't know. Well, from 16 on, I probably would be like, you know what? Either way. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. But never would I consent to be 12 or 13 again. Nope. Never in my life. I know. Thank you. Ugh. Gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So then Harry and Ron are on their way back to Gryffindor Tower. Right. Lupin keeps the map. Yeah, Lupin keeps the map, and Harry and Ron are both fully chastised at this point. And feeling real bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. As they should. As they should. They're acting crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Careless. Careless. And they run into Hermione, and she's like, yo, uh, Buckbeak lost, and he's going to be executed. Yep. And they're like, damn it. Yeah. But there's a silver lining to this horrible, horrible moment, Mm -hmm. because brings them back together. Yeah. Hermione apologizes mm-hmm. about Scabbers. Yeah. Which and the trio is a, the trio, the trio once more. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that whenever uh Ron back when Ron discovered Scabbers was gone, mm-hmm. he doesn't ever really give her the opportunity to apologize. No. She does try to defend herself obviously cuz yes. he comes at her so hot. Yes. And then he just doesn't give her an opportunity to apologize. No. And after the whole blow up is over, she probably just doesn't feel like it. He would be receptive. No. And well, so she and this never is approaches like, him again. Yeah. This is like the third time that they've like had this fight. Yeah. Or that they've like 
cut her off. Like, we're not yeah. talking to you. You know? So. She's over it. At that point, she's just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Right. So she probably didn't feel there was any utility in apologizing to him. Even no. though she she never wanted Scabbers to die. No, no. And didn't Ron even say, like, yeah, he was kind of a whatever rat. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was old anyway. So, you know. They've, we've, they've made up. We've made up. Thank the Lord. Yeah. I can't take any more of this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. Too much. So uh, during their next Care of Magical Creatures class, they uh, talk with Hagrid and kind of get more details or try to get more details, but he just becomes upset and he begins to cry. And ugh, poor Hagrid. I know. And he's already been having a hard time because he's just been having them like deal with flobber worms and like boring stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because the first class went so... Wild. Horribly yeah. because of Malfoy, not because of anything Hagrid did. Yeah. But yeah, Malfoy starts making fun of him, and this is one of the best moments yeah. in the book. Hermione yeah. slaps him across the face. Yeah, because he deserves it. What a little dick. Yeah. Does she slap him twice? No, I think she just slaps him once. I felt like she slapped him twice, or maybe I was just like, give him another one. Yeah. Get the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. She's had enough this year. Yeah. You know what? Listen, don't don't Here cross comes. her. <laughs> she is not dealing with any more bullshit nope. at this point. Nope. Fully over it. She's all out of uh, cares and grace for people who are yeah. acting a fool. And yeah, exactly. It's Slap City, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This one's coming at you. Right. 100% deserved. Fully deserved. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, not just... Them making fun of Hagrid, that's bad enough. But right. he's mistreated all of them mm-hmm. for nigh on three this years. Long time coming. Long time coming. So, yeah. So, next, we're in Charms class, <laughs> and Hermione is nowhere to be found. She misses class entirely. Oops. And they find her in the common room asleep, and she's tired, she's stressed, and she's super like, damn it, I missed class, I forgot to go to Charms. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And Harry and Ron are pretty confused. Yeah. Like, because how is this how, how is this happening anyway? What, what are you doing? And there are multiple callbacks throughout the book where Harry thinks to himself, how in the fuck is she doing this? What and is Ron, going on? Yeah, and, and Ron asks outright her, asks her, and she just, like, blows it up. Yeah, she just, like, <laughs> glosses over it. Right. And... Oh, don't be ridiculous. I can't be in two places at once. Okay, like, but yeah, you I are. Yeah. So how? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> And she just, yeah, continues to blow him off. Mm-hmm. And they, so they go up, they're going to divination, and Tr- Trelawney's on her shit again. Yeah. She's predicting Harry's death. She sees another Grimm in his crystal ball, and Hermione's yeah. like, this is, I'm, I've had it. I'm done with this class, and Trelawney yeah. insults Hermione, basically, is just like, you are you're close-minded. Right. Yeah. You're a dried-up old woman in your mind, and you just can't. <laughs> Yeah. You, you have no imagination or openness to, to divination, so. Yeah. And Hermione's like, you know what? You're right. right. Bye. Bye. I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> and Harry and Ron are like, damn. Yep. What is this? Yeah. You slap Malfoy. Now you're walking out of class. She's tired. She's exhausted. Yeah. She's upset. She's stressed. Enough is enough. That's right. She cannot handle any more of it. hmm So... Her stress just continues to mount. It does. It just mount, And we're now at exams. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's at its pinnacle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Stress-wise. Hermione is, like, 
to the maximum. 100. 100%. (laughs) Said for the millionth time now. I can't stop myself. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, at least least we're aware. Yeah. Every time it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, why do you keep saying that? (laughs) Sometimes they're... I cannot be stopped today. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Sometimes you just get on, like, <sighs> a kick of saying something, and it just continues to come out. I'm about to kick myself in the face if I don't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's time for some stress relief, and uh, we get the final Quidditch match. Woo-woo. I say stress relief. It's probably very stressful for so them. So stressful, but not for the crowd. No, for the crowd, it's exciting. It's exciting. So, Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Hey, You know, tensions between the houses obviously have mounted this entire time. We are at the the tippy-top peak of all that. Uh, Wood keeps telling Harry that they must win by more than 50 points in order to win the Quidditch Cup. So, he is being very strategic, mm-hmm. waiting for the right moment yeah. to catch the snitch. That's right. In this instance, this is when we get a good example of, because everyone's like, well, the snitch is worth so many points, and why does it matter what the other people do? This is an example of why it matters. Yeah. Because it's not just who's won the most matches, it's by how many points as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know. It matters here. It matters. It matters. Yeah. There's some intricacy here. So, yeah. They have to wait Mm-hmm. Harry has to bide his time. Yeah, he can't just go get the snitch yeah. when he sees it. He's got to wait till Gryffindor is up. Yeah, but he does have to be aware of the other seeker and make sure that they don't get they it. don't get the snitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's we have some strategery at work here for sure. And uh, you know, of course, Slytherin is fouling uh, the Gryffindors left and yeah. right, which honestly is stupid because Gryffindor is such a good team. It's like you're just going to give them an opportunity to get an unblocked shot. Yeah. I don't know if it's unblocked like it is in because I guess. I think it depends. I'm thinking in basketball, you know, no one's blocking you when you take a free throw. But in like hockey, there's a goalie there. So I'm thinking, yes, the goalies are there. there. So, So not an unblocked goal, but still it's like not no other interference besides yeah. the goalie. It's like you're gonna, you're just giving this team opportunities yeah. left and right to yeah. get more points on you. Yeah, because clearly your goalkeeper is not as good as Wood. So as the Chasers. Sorry. Yeah, I know it's not. It's it seems very odd to foul. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, they think they're gonna get away with it. They do. And think obviously, they're gonna get away with it. yeah, they don't. Yeah. So so many just foul shots yeah. or, or penalty shots or whatever so yeah so yeah they we have it's a dirty game mm-hmm. for real skis and but eventually Gryffindor does get 50 points up and so Harry's like I gotta get the snitch right now mm-hmm. but Malfoy sees it first mm-hmm. and so Harry has to race him yep and neck and neck they're neck and neck but Harry does manage to outstrip Malfoy and mm-hmm. get the snitch was there ever any doubt? No. <laughs> I mean, and you had, there had to be, we needed a Quidditch cup mm-hmm. for Gryffindor. We had to have it. Had to have it. And Wood needed to be still at Hogwarts. So this had to be the one. Yes. Because he's seventh year at this point. This is his last opportunity. He would have had a mental breakdown. Yeah. We, I would. A early life crisis that he would never have recovered from. <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, we would have had to have some words with Joanne because it, if she would have deprived 
our dear Oliver Wood of at least one Quidditch Cup problems. It would have destroyed him. And Destro- it, yeah. He would never have been the same. We no. would never have been the no. same. No. They would have been unforgivable. But thank goodness <laughs> Gryffindor wins. Yep. The Quidditch Cup. <laughs> yep. The cup is theirs. Yes. Finally. 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 But, but we, then it's time for exams. I was going to say, we don't get to chill out much because nope. it's test time. Test time. Yikes. I feel like it's extra stressful because it seems like most of the weight of like passing their classes is on the exam as opposed to their homework throughout the year. Agreed. Yeah. It's like how you perform in the test. Yeah. That sets the tone for your classes the next year, especially yeah. the, the, the older yeah, you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a spe- that's how it is at law school. I mean, you have assignments throughout the year, but your grade is the exam at the end. You- I would not have performed well in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was wild, wild. Because, and especially coming out of like, I got an English degree. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have tests. Really? Oh, it was, you wrote papers. Right. So, like, you have smaller grades throughout the year, right? Of, like, papers, reading responses, stuff like that. And yeah. then you have your big paper at the end. Yeah. Like your 20, 30 page paper at the end. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of have a gauge on how you're going to do in the class. Yeah. Because yeah. you have the whole semester essentially to have the brainchild yeah. and then work through the paper. But in law school, <laughs> it's all or nothing at the end of the year. Yeah, huh? you get one shot at passing that class. At the, the later years, I believe, mm-hmm. I didn't attend, but I think the later years are different. But that first year, and there's They're a... They're trying sh- to weed out the weak ones, They I are trying to weed out. <laughs> and there's a huge first year curve, too. Really? So, like, only so many people can get A's, only so many people can get B's. Only so many people can get C's. So you could have you could have a take your test, get like a ninety three percent, which in regular grading scale would be an A. Yeah, and you would still get a B. But if I was gonna say, but if enough people got a higher percentage than you, they then... get the A's and you get a B. Oh heck no! It sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. That's why it's very competitive too. Right. Because like what you do in order to like build your study guide for the exam at the end is you start outlining from day one like you're outlining and adding to your outline adding to your outline so that by the time you get to the exam you've already put in most of the work to like study you know it and you have the whole the whole semester's worth of information in this like document that you can reference to get ready and people will not share like there's no oh, well no if you know that you are gonna yeah. get bumped down a grade if someone does slightly better than you yeah uh, no that's just no that no, yeah. not for me <laughs> it's heavily competitive and congratulations to the rest of you that thrive in that <laughs> not this guy <laughs> yeah i was lucky enough that my class was not cutthroat about it like Mm -hmm. people would help you out like if you had to miss a class or something they would give you like their notes or whatever so it wasn't super cutthroat but lauren she went to a different law school than i did and she was like oh yeah these people were they were cutthroat that's terrible Ugh, that sucks that's terrible yeah so i don't know but yeah it was not a it wasn't a fun fun environment it's fun information to learn but yeah the 
environment, but the field of law when you get out, it's also, that's what it is. It's a competition. I was going to say, I guess they're preparing <laughs> you for what it is. Yeah. So, so thank God I did not uh, <laughs> proceed down that path any further because right. I would not have loved it. Right. So, but anyway. So, exam time. And uh, we've got the Defense Against the Dark Arts. It's a practical exam, as it should be. As it should be. Really. But uh, so Harry gets a perfect score. Duh. Our little magical man. Mm-hmm. Are we surprised? No. Uh, this the, is his subject. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, we've got uh, Divination, and the final is not great. <laughs> <laughs> it it's seems just like, like a crystal ball, right? Yeah. 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 It's just like, um, can I make something up that will satisfy her? Yeah. And he did. He, yep. <laughs> he was like making up uh, Buckbeak's like second appeal or whatever. Well, he did, but he didn't, right? Because what she wanted him to say was that Buckbeak dies. Right, exactly. And she kept like leading, I mean, to use a legal term, you know, she was like leading the witness yes. here. She was like, don't you see a headless one though? Don't you see someone crying <laughs> beside the body? Like, and Harry's just like, no, I see a happy Buckbeak alive flying away. <laughs> He gets a passing grade, but she's just like, oh, oh, you tried your best, dear. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? This chick. Yeah. She's got problems. She has problems. But, uh, so, it, you know, I think he passed, but. Yeah. And, you know, he gets up. He's like, I don't care. I'm right. Here. Right. If this, I fail, I fail. This lady's crazy. I'm not saying what she wants me to say. That's right. But then all of a sudden, Trelawney changes and her voice changes. Mm-hmm. And she's in a trance. And then she spits out a prophecy. Mm-hmm. And she says that the Dark Lord's servant will rejoin him tonight before midnight. Ooh. And then she snaps out of it and doesn't remember any of it. Yeah. Fu- what is the remember. point? Okay. Because apparently there's not a ton of seers. Okay. Right, right. Like true seers. True. If you do have the gift, that's great. But is it just is it just her who is unaware of her real power? Or is it all seers? Because to me, if you have this power, but you can't remember what you prophesied, if you're alone, Mm -hmm. then what's the point? I agree. And I mean, what's the point of having divination as a subject, period, if a true seer is one, that rare, Mm -hmm. and two, doesn't ever remember their actual, like, prophecies? Yeah. What's the point of the subject? Like, it's clearly just random. Right. I could see where, because it's not even like when they do astrology and they're interpreting the placement of stars and stuff. It's like you're literally just like guessing, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. But then again, like some of the students could actually see things in the crystal ball. So maybe there are certain aspects of it that you can be like mildly able to do as a skill, but like to make prophecies Mm -hmm. is a very rare skill. I mean, Dumbledore wasn't even going to have the class. Yeah. But then when Sybil made the first prophecy, he's like, ooh, I got to keep her close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. More for her safety than believing it was a subject that should be taught. Right. For her safety and I'm guessing maybe in case there were more, but I think Mm -hmm. mostly it was for her safety. But yeah, so, but needless to say... She has made another prophecy, and it's, I mean, it's a doozy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she doesn't remember. Harry's like, excuse me, what? I'm <laughs> she's sorry, like, what? Yeah, and she's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I didn't say that. Don't be silly. Get out of here. <laughs> it must be the heat. Right. It's warm up here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. of course, he immediately runs to tell Ron and Hermione, but... Unfortunately, it's just more bad news, and they tell him that Buckbeak lost his appeal, and he will be executed at sunset. Oh, yeah. So they obviously run straight to Hagrid. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, rules, Rules be forgotten, thrown out the window, per use, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, this time, really, there's a good reason. This makes sense. So they're they're at Hagrid's hut, and, you know, they're trying to make tea, kind of console him, and Hermione gets out the milk jug, and wouldn't you know, Scabbers is in the milk jug. Interesting. He's not dead. He's alive. And Ron's like, what the? Scabbers, get over here. Yeah. And he puts Scabbers right in his pocket, but he's like, Russ, he's trying yeah. to escape. Yeah, he's like, hey, around. you're my rat. I'm your man. Like, yeah. uh, I'm your person. Stop trying to run away from me. Yeah, you're fine. Right. Stop being crazy. Right. So, you know. That's good news. That, yeah. Scabbers is alive and well. So, at this point, they see the executioner and company Mm -hmm. basically on their way. So, Harry, Ron, and Hermione get under the cloak and they leave the cabin. And they're walking away. And then they can hear the thud of the axe. Yeah. And it was so sweet when they're leaving. They're like, just let us... Tell them what we know. And he's just like, no, I don't want you guys to get in trouble for being here. You just, you need to go. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't listen. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So sad. Yep. And they, I think they hear the wail of Hagrid. They, like, yeah. Or they, yeah. Like they hear like a big wail or mm-hmm. sound and they know that it's done. It's happened. Oh. But Scabbers doesn't care about what's going on and he is just won't stand still keeps trying to wiggle out of ron's grasp yep and then crookshanks popping out of nowhere is slinking toward them in the grass this cat cat is (laughs) relentless he he is just out and about out Mm -hmm. here he is he's everywhere right he needs to be well he doesn't but you maybe maybe if this were a problem he should be in a crate (laughs) Something. Yeah. Yeah. But so not only is he slinking towards them, but then he's closely followed by a large black dog. Same black dog that mm. Harry saw Crookshanks conspiring with near the Black Forest before. Yep. At least that's what we're pretty sure we saw. Pretty sure. So here comes, I don't know, this little duo here. And the dog grabs Ron and is dragging Ron towards the Whomping Willow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all the while Scabbers is just like freaking out, biting Ron. Ron's just holding Holding on on to Scabbers for dear life. Yeah. And Harry and Hermione follow. At first, they get hit by the the willow's branches, Mm -hmm. but then they stop. And they notice it's because Crookshanks has touched the knot at the base of the tree and it has frozen the The branches. This cat is not a normal cat. No, this is not a normal cat. (laughs) But, yeah, the dog is pulling Ron down underneath the Whomping Willow, and Ron and Hermione follow. Yep. And Ron does break his leg at this point. Oh, yes. I mean. Yeah. He tries to, like, wrap it around or the tree, and the dog's, like, pulling him, and yeah. then it's, like, just snaps. Snap-a-rooney. Yikes. <laughs> so they follow, and there are actually tunnels beneath the roots that lead... We're not sure where. We're not sure where, yeah. Until we get there and we realize that we are now in the Shrieking Shack in Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
they are they hear the voices so they follow them and they get into this room and they see Ron his legs broken he's laying on this bed in this room mm-hmm. and then they see Sirius Black who had been the black dog. Yep. Ooh, Doggy footsteps lead to man in the corner. Man yep. in the corner is serious black. That's right. So Black disarms Harry and Hermione and he's, you know, doing his thing. And Harry's like, nah, I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> nope. So he just basically jumps on Black. He's yeah. like, give me, give me, give me our shit. Yeah. Give me the wand. Give me, you know, I'm attacking you. I'm defending yeah. us. Whatever. Yeah. So he, they have like a struggle and Harry eventually does get their wands back because Black is like emaciated from not only being an Azkaban, but on the run, I'm guessing yeah. he doesn't have like three squares a day. I'm thinking <laughs> he's probably not even having one decent square. <laughs> yeah. So even though Harry is only 13, he's pretty even match yeah. for this emaciated man. So yeah. he gets their wands back and forces Black into the corner yeah. and is basically like... Listen here, bud. Right. I'm in charge. Right. <laughs> Yet, strangely, Crookshank stands between Harry yeah. and Black. He does. Blocking him. Why are you best friends with this murderer, Crookshank? Besties. <laughs> He's protecting him. Yep. Yeah. So, before Harry can do anything, Lupin shows up. Burr, 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 burr. Here comes the cavalry. Thank you, Lupin. Yeah. But wait. <laughs> Oh, no. Then Lupin, what does he do? He disarms Harry and uh, gets all the wands. Yeah. All the wands there. (laughs) And Lupin looks at Black and he's like, where is he? And he points at Ron. Our sweet Ron Weasley. What do you mean? Why are you pointing at Ron? This is when we know something's up. He's a child. Why why are you accusing him? What are you accusing him of? What is going on here? So. Mm. Yeah. Pointing straight at Ron. Everyone's like, what, 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 what? (laughs) Uh, but Lupin and Black seem to have a silent agreement on something, and uh, then they hug. So yep. they friends. They still friends, I guess. Yep. Hermione has, as we've said, she has hit her like I ain't taking no more meter. Yeah, it's exploded. She loses her temper and she's yelling at Lupin, you know, calling him a a traitor and saying how she knew his secret and and that she should have revealed a long time ago that he is a werewolf. Mm -hmm. What? Yep. That's why he's sick, especially around the, you know, the phases of the moon. And that's why Snape set the essay, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And Lupin's just kind of like, listen, you, you just need to understand what's happening here. Yeah. It, it's, we, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. Let us explain. Right. So he explains that they're not pointing at Ron. They're pointing at Peter Pettigrew, who is in fact not dead, but it is the rat scabbers. Ooh. Plot twist. Yep. Ron's in complete denial. He's like, ah, no. Yeah. You're insane. This rat has been in my family, and they're like, 12 years. Rats don't live that long, sir. Which is what, whenever at the beginning, when they were in Diagon Alley at the magical menagerie place, Mm -hmm. the person who worked there is like, rats usually live like two or three years. Right. I don't know how this rat's still alive. What is happening? But no wonder it looks like it's on death's door. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, and yeah, okay, so you're telling me this is a man? This is a man. Come on. What? So, and and Black wants to kill Scabber slash Peter. 
but Lupin makes him wait and he's like, you need to explain Mm -hmm. to them what is happening. You need to explain it to Harry. They need to understand what's happening. Exactly. So this is when Lupin basically starts with his story Mm -hmm. about how he went to Hogwarts and they, you know, he got the werewolf bite when he was really young. His family was afraid he wasn't ever going to be able to go to Hogwarts because of his condition. But Dumbledore... Yes. ...was able to... He was like, hey, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to come as long as we take precautions. So they built the Whomping Willow Mm -hmm. over the entrance to the Shrieking Shack for Lupin, basically. So that he could transform in the Shrieking Shack and be away from people Uh, and have a safe transformation. Yeah. So... Oh, but it was so sad because it talked about, like, how he would, like, bite bite himself himself. and stuff because he was, you know, in that, like, enraged wolf mind and Mm -hmm. he's by himself. So he had nothing else to attack or do. Oh, so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. But, you know, at Hogwarts, he met Sirius Black and James and Peter Pettigrew and they were his friends and obviously they noticed when he kept disappearing, and mm-hmm. so they realized, they put two and two together, he's a werewolf, blah, 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 and instead of, like, being weirded out and disowning him, they decided to become anim- animagus? Animagi? Animaguses? Animagus? Um, shapeshifters, right. essentially. <laughs> unregistered, unregistered shapeshifters. Because, so. like McGonagall, she is an animagus. And, but she is registered. Yeah. So, like, there's a register and it says what you turn into, what your markings are. Right. And all that. So, so they can keep track. They can keep track. And so... These James, rapscallions did not do that. They did not. No. So James and Sirius would turn into large animals, like the dog. And Peter turned into a rat so he could touch the knot on the tree. Mm-hmm. And they managed it while they were, like, fifth years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So every month they would have their, like, adventures as animals. And um, that's how they created the Marauders map. Yeah. They so are the Marauders. They are the Marauders. Lupin is Mooney. Peter is Wormtail. Sirius is Padfoot. And James was Prongs. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's the beginning of the story, basically. Yeah, yeah. Lupin barely finishes when Snape busts in, appears in the room. Well, I guess he doesn't bust in, but he reveals himself because yeah. he grabbed the invisibility cloak that Harry dropped once Ron got grabbed by the ankle. Yeah. So, yeah, he reveals himself to the room. Snape is so pumped. He can hardly stand it. Yeah, because, he's, like, vibrating. Yeah, he's like, uh, I flippin' knew it, Lupin. You were the one that let Black into the school. You've been helping him, clearly. Mm-hmm. I was right all along. I get to turn in Black and get him the Dementor's kiss. This is, like, Christmas mm-hmm. for me. He is so excited. And on top of that, he thinks he's gonna get Harry, Ron, and Hermione all expelled. Yes. I mean, this is a dream come true. Oh, yeah. This is everything he could have ever wanted. If not more. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Beyond his wildest dreams. Yes. But, you know, but the kids are like, wait. Well, I don't know about the kids necessarily, but definitely Lupin's like, you don't understand. Like, let us explain. Yeah. And he's like, he's just too euphoric. He's like, no way. Yeah. He's blinded. I got you. Yeah. (laughs) I've got you. Exactly. This is it. But Harry wants to hear more. He does. 
So he, Expelliarmus is Snape, doesn't he? He does, along with Ron and Hermione, and all three of them do it That's at the right. same time, That's and right. it knocks him out. I forgot. The, <laughs> the three of them do it all at once, and woo doozy, does he get hit with that spell. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he is, as she said, knocked out. So it's like, okay, Sirius Black, this is your time to shine. Yeah. Explain yourself. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Right. And this better be good because right. we're fucked. <laughs> right. <basically. laughs> right. And we all have wands pointed at you, so yeah. get to it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Black basically explains that he recognized Peter's rat form because he saw in the paper... When the Weasleys won the prize money. Yep, in the trip to Egypt. In the trip to Egypt. He saw Peter on Ron's shoulder. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, how would you have known that that was... How do you know what rat that is? And he's like, well, not only have I seen Peter's rat form millions of times, but also the only thing they found of Peter was a finger. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, that rat is missing one of his toes. Uh So, beep boop. Knew it was him. And so this, that piece of information, everyone's kind of like, okay, huh, okay, you're on to something here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then he explains that before Lily and James died and they were setting up their Fidelius charm and picking their secret keeper, that he persuaded them to use Peter as the secret keeper at the last minute because he thought that it would that people would assume that they picked Black to be the yeah. secret keeper. And nobody would have thought that they would have picked Peter because Peter was kind of an inept right. wizard. Did he want to be like the decoy? Like they would come after, did Sirius think that they would come after him and he would literally yeah. know nothing? Exactly. So it, it's not as if he would give it up because he wouldn't. Because he couldn't. Because he couldn't. Exactly. Not that I think that he would have given them up no. for one second. I think yeah. he would have. He would have. He says, I would have died. died. Yeah. He would have. So I'm not mm-hmm. really fully sure why he convinced them to yeah. do this. Yeah. What his thought process was. But yes, he convinces them to use Peter as the secret keeper instead of him. Yeah. I think he, in this moment, he was being like the too clever for his own good. Mm-hmm. Like tr- I'm trying, instead of. Him, he knew that he would never have sold them out. And so the obvious thing would have been for him to be the secret keeper. Yeah. Because he would never have sold them out. Right. But he was trying to, like, do use misdirection mm-hmm. and go the route that people would never have expected. Right. Trying to fool them or whatever. Right. So... I think in that instance he was just right. He and was I don't doing know doing the most, doing too much. Right. And did he think that he would become weak and sell them? Because, and I've heard people say this. The book doesn't say it, at least not at this moment. But I've heard people say, well, you can't torture a Fidelius charm out of someone. They have to tell it to you willingly. But to me, that's what torture. That's how it works. They torture yeah. you until you willingly give something mm. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. So, again, like I said, the book didn't say that, but I've heard people say that. So they're like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why did he think he would give it up? You know, I, but I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. it was just a tactical yeah. choice. Yeah, I don't. Not a he thought he was weaker or wouldn't be able to withstand or, you know, didn't want to be tortured. I think it yeah. was just a misdirection. It was definitely attempt at misdirection. I don't think it had anything to do with him thinking he would give it up under torture. Yeah. Because he says it right there. Yeah. I would have died. I would have died. Yeah. 
So I so yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think yeah. he was just trying to mi- misdirect, right? And it, it right. obviously backfired because yeah. he he didn't assume that Peter was a Death Eater at this right. point. So and would betray them and would betray them willingly. Right. He's just like yeah. they'll come after me. They won't even suspect you. Yeah. It's all good. So he was willingly putting himself in the path of danger. Right. Essentially. Right. So yeah. Yeah. But. uh... <laughs> Clearly, this obviously backfired because Peter was the turncoat all along. All along. And just offered up the secret to Voldemort. Yep. Without second thought. Now, I went pretty hard at the end of the last episode. was like, how do you do that to your best friend? You were the best man at his wedding. You were the godfather of his son. Still same question for Peter. He may not have been as important to James. I still, I think that... He was just as important to James. He just didn't have yeah. those roles. Yeah. But, like, he was one of the core four, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so how do you do that? Yeah. How do you betray? But they, I mean, they talk about how, like, you know, when they're mad at him and they're kind of like, you just, you just linked up with uh, us because you thought we would protect you. Like, basically, like, their friendship towards him was genuine, but obviously his friendship towards them was not. It's yeah. like, it's just like, oh, they'll protect me. Oh, they're they're tough. They're big. They've got my back. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's what drew him to Voldemort. Like, yeah. oh, well, I don't want to be on the losing side if everything goes to crap. I'll, I'll go follow the Dark Lord, yeah. you know. Yeah. What a weak piece of crap. Yeah. And I think, and then, you know, Hermione does pose the question, like, because at this point they've, they do the spell because they're still like, okay. I get your story, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But why would he live his life as a rat? Like, right. I don't believe. I, right. They're still skeptical. So Lupin's like, all right. Let me enough, show you. Enough of this. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. So he does the spell and Peter is Scabbers. Yep. We, Scabbers turns into Peter Pettigrew, human form. Here we are. So he's a short, balding man. And they're like, whoa. And I'm sure Ron is probably pretty creeped out. Oh my gosh. We don't talk about it in the book or the book doesn't talk about it, but creepy, sir. When you think about the logistics, like this, the logistics of this scenario, Mm -hmm. this is an adult man Mm -hmm. as a rat sleeping in the bed of a child. And not just Ron's. He was Percy's rat, too. Percy. And I imagine probably Charlie or Bill's as well, because he's been passed down. 12 years. (laughs) Sleeping in the bed with a child. Now, I want to know, did he just, like, show up at their house and they were like, oh, we'll keep this rat? Did he sneak into a pet store? Like, I want to know how the Weasleys got this this rat. rat. Yeah, I agree. But also, uh, sucks to be you, dummy dum-dum, because you just became the pet rat of the family that uh, is directly in cahoots with Harry Potter. So you really got off the radar, you dumb dumb dum dum Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just, yeah, the logistics of this are very creepy and right weird. yes but um you know moving away from that because it's unexplainable <laughs> right <laughs> so peter at first is like i didn't do this i didn't kill them mm-hmm. i've been scared for my life right and they're like okay sure you've been scared for your life mm-hmm. that makes sense while mm-hmm. sirius has been locked up in azkaban mm-hmm. how could you have assumed he would break out when it's never been done before uh-huh you're you're not making sense here nope so, I don't believe you. Right. And eventually, he he's like, admits what he did. He's yep. like, I, they were going to kill me. Like, yeah. Well, you should have died. Right. And we <laughs> yeah. would have done for you. Right. But I don't even think that he would have died. I think that he 
told them pretty willingly. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I I absolutely don't think this was a scenario where the, he was cornered. No. And his life threatened. Even in the beginning, I think he was just like... Yeah, I think he... Hello. I think they even say it. Mm-hmm. He'd been working with Voldemort for over a year. Right. So... Right. Yeah. And I don't even know if Voldemort approached him or if he... If right. Peter approached Voldemort. Right. You know? Exactly. Little worm that he is. Exactly. So... Lupin and Sirius are like, all right, well, we've explained it. We've proven it to the one person who matters the most. Yep. So now we're going to kill you. Right. Basically, you right. know, uh, no big deal. Right. <laughs> Harry's like, wait, wait, don't, don't kill him. And they're like, excuse me. He deserves to be killed. He's the reason you have no parents. Right. And Harry's like, you might be, that might be true, but I don't think my parents would want you both to become killers. Yep. And also, if we prove that he's alive... You're absolved. You're absolved, Sirius. Like, you're off you're the hook. Free man. Yeah. So, like, oh, you know what? That does sound better than being on Fair the run point. for the rest of our lives. Like, yeah, let's go with that plan. Fair point. But I want. I wonder what... So, if they would have killed Peter, and they just had his dead body there, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, well, let's take dead Peter mm-hmm. up to the castle and explain the situation. Like, he clearly, he yeah. faked his death. Yeah. And he's been living as a rat. Maybe they would have thought it was, like, some sort of dark magic, like Maybe. a fake body. Like, yeah, it could be explained away if you really didn't want to see the truth. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they could. And then the Veritaserum maybe yeah. comes into play. Why didn't we use like, any of that in like this, we need this to be, book? Yeah, we need to be using Veritaserum at every turn in, All the in time. my book. Like, All the time. I think you're lying. I'm. Let me go get the Veritaserum. Right. <laughs> All the time. That's what it is. I think that the Fidelius charm can't be, you can't even be given, like, Veritaserum and have the secret be oh, spit yeah, out. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Could be. I don't know. There's been, there's so many books and so many years of so many theories that it's all jumbled in my brain. Yeah. And it it gets difficult after so many years and it's difficult to, like, suss out what's theory and what's canon. Right. Because if it's not on the page in the book, right. I feel like everything else's conjecture even if it was on MuggleNet even or Pottermore yeah. or whatever it's still like yeah uh, unless JK wrote it yeah I just it, I can't I can't count it canon yeah even like the stuff that she's like added later added later I just kind of ignore most of it yeah you mean like the oh wizards just where went to the bathroom wherever they wanted and disappeared it that was something she posted online one 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 time and it and but it they have disturbed bathrooms. me they have bathrooms that was like before bathroom <laughs> well i feel like that's kind of just what people did anyway right but still it was just like we didn't i didn't need that yeah I, yeah <laughs> but yes yeah i agree it's like just if it's not in the books then then yeah. whatever so i'm sorry if i sound uh unintelligent or misinformed in all my ramblings just like i said there's been so many things that i've read and heard and yeah and of course people always trying to correct the the books like well why what why weren't lily and james their own secret keepers it's like first of all okay that makes sense but i don't think they could have been right it's like but second of all let's just pretend that there's a rule that says that you can't keep a secret for someone who's also in protection with you. Third of all, it had to happen this way for the story to continue. So yeah. just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. If you if you enjoy the books, just enjoy them and yeah. don't whenever something like that 
The answer is it's a plot device. Right. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's and you just answer. have to accept that in any given story, there is going to be a plot device. Right. No matter what. Right. Book, movie, play. There are plot devices in there because this has to happen to forward the plot to get to here. Right. And sometimes those are a little clunky, and sometimes they work seamlessly. Right, right. It just depends. It just is what it is. So you're just going to have to suck it up, yep. I guess, basically. Yep. So that's the answer to why we didn't use Veritaserum. Yeah. We didn't. We needed it, but we didn't know we needed it yet. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. It had, doesn't come up. And later, also, but. I think the people that would have been in power to use it, they already knew the na- the narrative that they wanted. Mm-hmm. They had no need. Yeah, they to don't use Veritaserum. Yeah. And I, I know that like making Veritaserum is very difficult. Only a few people can actually successfully pull it off. The mm-hmm. ingredients are very hard to get. Mm-hmm. It takes like a month to make. Mm-hmm. So. Sure, but yeah. I, I feel like like the ministry they have to have like a huge stockpile of Eritaserum. If they use. don't, they should. Yeah, I mean you're a government, you have the law enforcement. Let's they, just get to the truth. Let's not play games here. Yeah, let's get the truth. You don't need a whole bunch of witnesses. Just get out your Eritaserum. Right. But I guess the argument could be made for like maybe somebody thinks this is the truth. Right. And so. When you give them the Veritaserum, this right. answer they're telling you is the truth. It's a bit dodgy. Them. Yes, there, there are, there are definitely there are blockades there for sure, for sure. So I get it. sure, but, but I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves yeah. even talking so, about Veritaserum because yeah. we're still in the shack, but we're so we've all agreed. Okay, this yeah. is what really happened. Sirius is is innocent. The truth. He's innocent. Uh, let's round up Snape. Let's keep him asleep because obviously if we wake him up, he's gonna... He's gonna lose his mind. Run amok. So let's float him back to the school. You know, let's handcuff Peter to Ron and Lupin. They put a little spelly spell on him so he can't transform back into a rat. Right. And, um, we're just like marching back through the tunnel towards the school. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And, um, we're having a jolly old time. And then Sirius is just like choosing this immediate moment to go hey harry i'm your godfather just in case i don't know if you know i'm your godfather yeah and if i mean only if you want to i just want you to know it's an option you know when i'm cleared and you know get to live my life again if you want to live with me that'd be stupendous yeah but if not if you want to stay with the dursleys like no big deal harry's like uh not even a second thought he's like Stay away from Hells the Dursleys. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Which I, I do feel like this is moving a little fast, but you know, maybe he's been waiting. Sirius has been waiting for this moment yeah. for these last 12 years. Yeah. And he's just like, I just want to do the duty that my friends wanted me yeah. to do. I feel like, and and Sirius did know Harry as a baby, like the, his first year of life with yeah. James and Lily. Yeah. So I feel like Sirius probably feels like he knows Harry. Even if they weren't hiding, surely they were sending pictures yeah, and, you know, right. writing about him. And you Sirius know, so. bought Harry his first broomstick. Yeah. So it, I feel like for Sirius, it's not that much of a stretch. He probably right. still feels like he knows Harry. But Harry, yeah, <laughs> he, he doesn't know this man. But, I mean, if you had to live with the Dursleys, you sure. would choose the yeah. about-to-be-acquitted <laughs> murderer. murderer as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, so we're having a nice little moment, and then, ooh, (sighs) the cloud shift. Oh boy, does it shift? Oh, and then poor Lupin—he turns into a werewolf. Yep. Oh man, he's half handcuffed 
to Peter, who's handcuffed to Ron, whose leg is still injured because, you know, we're we're not going to pull a Gilderoy Lockhart here. No, we're no, going to no, wait no. till we get to Madame Pomfrey. That's right. That's right. And let her do what she does best. And that's heal. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, Luke, or Snape is still passed out. Yeah. Unconscious. Yeah. He ain't protected nobody. Uh, and Sirius is like, kids, you need to run. I will take care of these handcuffs over here. <laughs> Get Ron loose, you know. Well, in all the hubbub, Peter gets out of his chains. Yeah. Well, because he he gets himself over to Lupin's dropped wand. Bada bing, bada boom with the wand. Turns himself into a rat. He mm-hmm. slips through the handcuffs. Yep. And runs off. Yep. And I think he does some spell on Ron. Like, knocks him out or something. I don't know if he knocks him out or just, like, Ron is incapacitated because of his broken leg anyway. Yeah. But I there, there could be a little bit of that, too. But, I mean, he's also one of three hand, you know, yeah. him and Peter handcuffed to a transforming werewolf, werewolf which yeah. is dangerous as well. But yeah. I, I can't remember. He may incapacitate Ron also, but then gets himself... Turned into a rat and he's out of there. He, and he I mean, it. nobody can do anything. He turns into a rat. He he's so small. He runs so fast. It's dark. It's dark, and we're worried about you know being torn to shreds. Yeah, exactly. So yep, he escapes, and uh, Sirius is like, "You guys need to get out of here. Get out of here." And he kind of runs after Lupin. Lupin, mm-hmm. and he's in a, his dog form. Yeah. So Ron is knocked out. Yeah. And then they hear a dog yelp and they're like, oh shit, it's Sirius. So yeah. they run after him. And they find Sirius in his human form on the edge of the lake and he is surrounded by the Dementors. Mm-hmm. So Harry tries to save him with his Patronus. Mm-hmm. He's even like, Hermione, think of a happy thought. Repeat this spell. Like, he, this is yeah. like on the crash fly, course. <laughs> trying to teach her. And he, his Patronuses aren't strong enough. And he and Hermione are like getting weaker and weaker. And yeah. I think sh- they both like fall over. Yeah. I think sh- he feels her fall over mm-hmm. while he's still like last. He's just trying, like trying. His to happy thought is, I'm going to live with Sirius. I don't have to go back to the Dursleys. Oh. Oh. And then a Dementor sweeps in. Mm-hmm. lowers its hood and starts to try and yeah. suck his soul yeah. out. Harry hears the screaming that he always hears. and mm-hmm. But then a bright light appears. And the Dementors are driven away. And Harry thinks he sees his dad. Yeah, as he's passing, as he's out, passing out. He sees the, the bright light and a figure that looks like his dad. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. And then we wake up in the hospital wing overhearing some conversation mm-hmm. between Snape and Fudge. Yep. And of course, Snape is just like talking himself up. You know, Fudge is like, oh, yeah, we'll get you a commendation. You know, you've done good work here today. Yeah. <laughs> Snape is just like, yeah, I can't wait to get serious that sweet Dementor's kiss. Yep. Uh, also, you should really think about suspending these children you know they get away with a whole heck mm-hmm. of a lot mm-hmm. and you know this is just the last draw don't you think fudge you know yeah especially that potter kid he's like everyone seems to let him do whatever he wants he's like yeah but i mean come on he's harry potter it's harry potter yeah, yeah. but yeah he's just like talking yeah. himself up yeah, doing yeah, anything yeah. he can he's just like yeah yeah exactly i've got serious black where i want him it'll be frosting on the cake if mm-hmm. i can also get these kids expelled that's right <laughs> And, but, and Harry and Hermione are hearing this and they're like, oh shit. They jump yeah. out of bed and they run up to him and they're trying to like 
tell the whole story. Peter's yeah. alive. And then Snape interjects and he's like, oh, Sirius Black must have like confunded their minds. Yes. I saw it from the beginning. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Oh, Snape. <laughs> so then we get Dumbledore. He He's on the scene. And he's like, listen, I need the room with with Harry and Hermione. Yeah. You get out. Get out. And <laughs> Madame Pomfrey is also like, listen, these kids need rest. Yeah. You guys are disturbing my patients. Get out. Mm-hmm. So Fudge and Snape leave. Dumbledore closes the door and he's like, listen here, I believe you. <laughs> but there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. What we need is time. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, whoop. Got it. Message know received, you, sir. Know what you mean. Know what you mean. <laughs> and he tells them that they'll be able to save two lives mm-hmm. this evening. Whoa. Three turns should do it. Three turns should do it. And um, he t- he also tells them the room that D- Sirius is being held in. Yes. Yeah. He's like, this is the room he's in. It's up in a tall tower. Just so you know. Just for reference. Yep. So Hermione fully gets it. She's like, Roger that. And so Dumbledore leaves and locks them in yeah, the he, hospital wing. He's like, remember what time it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like 15 to midnight or whatever it is. You've got three hours. Yeah. And so Hermione pulls out a little hourglass out of her robes. And Harry's like, what is happening? Yeah. No time to explain. Ron's still passed out over yeah, there. Yeah, he's passed out. So she puts the chain around hers and Harry's necks and turns it three times. And they go back in time. Three hours. And, you know, Harry is just... Shock beyond belief. Yeah. <laughs> he has, he's like, what is, what? Right. Explain yourself. Mm-hmm. And she explains about the time turner and she has it. So she gets all of her lessons and that McGonagall had to write all these references to the ministry so she could get it and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Messing with time is a big, big deal. Big but... deal. And the main thing is they cannot be seen. Mm-hmm. Cannot be seen by themselves, themselves or sure. anyone else. Right. You're not supposed to tamper with time, which I'm assuming that's why they let her have it. Because she's not tampering with time. She's not trying to change anything. She's just trying to get more time to have classes. Right. Exactly. Because the rules are, you know, about wizards that mess with time, mm-hmm. which she is using time to her advantage, but she's not messing with it. Right. Exactly. She's just taking more classes. Exactly. So Harry realizes because she keeps saying there must be something that happens about this time mm-hmm. that Dumbledore wants us to change. Right. Why did he keep saying, or why did he say that we could save two lives? Like, what other life? What is happening right now? Yeah. And then, they, so they hear themselves leaving the castle and going to Hagrid's, and mm-hmm. Harry's like, Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. We got to save Buckbeak. Right. Because how else are we going to get up to that big old tower yeah. and save him? <laughs> yeah. So they're going to steal Buckbeak. And then Sirius is going to escape on him. Yep. Basically, that's the plan. That's the plan. So they wait behind Hagrid's hut for the best time. And what they're strategically doing is they have to wait until the committee sees Buckbeak back there. Mm -hmm. So they know Hagrid didn't just let him go. Yes. So they have to wait. They have to see him out there chained up. Yeah. Before they enter the hut. That's right. And of course, Harry, like I would too, be like, can't we just run in there and grab Peter? Can't we just grab Peter at this moment? Can't we just listen, dude? I hear you. The rules are pretty specific and you can't be messy messing around. That's right. Exactly. But I hear you. And I would have wondered the same thing 20 billion times. Mm -hmm. But no, (laughs) you cannot. And this would be a very hard position to be in knowing like... Not just knowing that 
getting Peter means that Sirius could be cleared. Mm -hmm. But also, Peter is escaping and going back to Voldemort. Right. So... Per the prophecy, if you believe the the, second prophecy. So Harry's got to be, like, thinking in his brain, like, multiple bad things are going to happen if I don't get Peter. Right. I know. Even part of my brain was like, what if he was, like, standing the direction, like, because there's a whole lot of waiting, obviously, in between all this stuff. But I was just like, if only they could have stood the direction that Peter ran. But they couldn't really see because he's tiny and it's dark and they're just, there was no way. There was no way. To do it all. Yeah. So they had to do the things that they could do. Yep. I know. It's very difficult. I I don't know. That's a lot of, like, self-control to yes. not be like, let me snatch Peter. Yeah, he's like, screw the rules, screw whatever, I'm going to go grab this guy. Yep. Good for him for listening to Hermione and her common smart sense and be like, yeah. no, we got to do this the right way or yep. this whole thing will fail. Yeah. All of it. Yep. So, yeah. They wait for the strategic moment. Fudge and the executioner see Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. They go inside the hut. There's a couple close calls, but basically they, they get Buckbeak to follow them, come with them. Yeah. Easy peasy. There we go. And then we, then we got to sit and wait. Yeah, they have to wait for a while. Right. And we, because we, you know, we watch them as Ron gets dragged under the tree and mm-hmm. all the, you know, then Lupin and then Snape and Harry questions a couple moments and she's like, no, you can't. Yeah. And if he would have gone out, there's a couple close calls where it's like, oh, see, Hagrid would have seen us. Oh, see, Fudge and Dumbledore would have seen. It's like, we can't play around. We got to do yeah. this precisely. By the book. Precisely. And while they're waiting, Harry kind of tells Hermione about him going to live with Sirius. Mm-hmm. And and then he also tells her about what he saw. Yeah. And she's Cause, like. Because she's like, how did we get saved? I don't understand. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I feel crazy, but it looked like my dad. He's like, I, get, I know. I know my dad's not alive. I know that he died. Mm-hmm. I know that it couldn't be him. I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah. I'm just telling you what I saw. That. He doesn't have any, like, hopes that, like, his dad is alive. He's just no. like, that's just what I saw. Yeah. I know it sounds nuts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. But, so they're, they're just chilling in the forest. Mm-hmm. And then... Hagrid leaves his hut to go to the castle, and Harry kind of realizes that where they're at, if they stay there, Lupin runs right to that spot after Uh he turns into a werewolf. So they go into Hagrid's hut that's now empty. Yeah. To not run into Lupin. Right. Hermione and Buckbeak, you know. Yeah. They all just kind of chill. They're just, they're chilling in Hagrid's hut. And then Harry's like, you know, I'm, a, I'm I gotta see. I gotta see what's gotta going see. on. So we know when mm-hmm. the coast is clear to go get serious. Like, we yeah. can't know what's going on if we can't see. Exactly. Hermione's like, okay. She's like, okay. But I trust you. <laughs> she's, she knows. Yeah. And, but he just wants to see who conjured the the Patronus that saves right. them. Yeah. And if it was his dad, obviously. And then he realizes that it was him. Right. He's like, wait, someone who looks like my dad who can perform a Patronus. That's me. It was me. Yeah. So he does his Patronus and it's a stag, which is what his dad always turned into. That was his animagus was, form was yeah. a stag. And it saves everyone. Yep. Which is so funny. The... How it, how did you do it? If you couldn't do it before, I did, well, I could do it this time because I did it last time. I I, I just knew that I could, had done it yeah. already. It's like, does that make sense? I don't know. Sure. But it worked, so <laughs> yay. <laughs> yep. So 
At this point, they... He did the Patronus. He did the Patronus. They clear off. And then Snape comes later and, like, makes stretchers for them, gets them up to the castle, whatever. So Harry and Hermione fly Buckbeak up to the tower that Sirius is in. Mm Mm-hmm. Get him out, and then they're like on the top tower, and Harry and Sirius have a bit of a moment together, right? And then Sirius flies off on yeah. Buckbeak. He's just like, "I'm gonna see you again." Yeah. It's not that sweet little heartfelt moment that we get in the movie, you know? Yeah. So, but it is still like, you know, it's an acknowledgement. Yeah, it's like a "You are your father's son," you know. I will see you again. Yeah. Like you know, it it it's still a nice moment. It is. Yeah. It's like just the acknowledgement that there's Connection. that they're connected. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Sirius flies away on Buckbeak, and he's saved. Mm-hmm. And then Harry and Hermione have to get back to the hospital wing, and they get there just in time. Yep. And then they tell Dumbledore that they are successful, and he locks them back into their ward. Yeah. And they go, like, lay down, get in bed. Yeah. We've been here the whole time. Yep. What do you mean? <laughs> nothing Ooh, happened? Yep. No- what? We did nothing. He literally locked the door, and we've been in here. We've been in here ever since? What do you mean? <laughs> Because uh, not too long after, Snape uh, gets word that Sirius has escaped, and he storms into the ward. Pissed. Pissed. Yep. And he accuses Harry of helping Sirius, but of course, they've been locked in the ward the whole time. That's right. Wink, wink. As, you know, as he knows, as, long, as far as he knows, there's, no. They're, yeah. They've been in the ward the they've whole time. They've been in the ward. Even if he is aware that Hermione has a time turner, as far as, like, movement of people has occurred, there's yep. no way that he would have any inkling. No, and, and other than he just hates them, and he's like, "Well, they had to have helped him because they were rambling on about how he's innocent, innocent." Yeah, which, and Madame Pomfrey's like, "No, these these children have not left their beds." Right, right. Sorry, because the instant that Dumbledore locked the door, she probably was when, like allowed to come. Yeah, from wherever she was hiding. <laughs> right, exactly. Or was at. Yeah. Which it is kind of funny to me. Like Sirius was up in the tower, like couldn't escape the room, but. All Hermione had to do on the window was, like, an Alohomora. Like, I know that Sirius didn't have a wand, and I'm sure he was, like, weakened. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm just like, it's your all's fault for, not, like, tying him up and... <laughs> Magically yeah, yeah. locking him in there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a child could get him out of there. I know he's in a high tower, but you only have come yourselves on. to blame. Yeah, come on. So sorry, but that was your... That was your, your failing. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, Snape is super enraged, and Fudge just thinks that Snape's unhinged, so it's, like, maybe no commendations for him. Yeah. Or definitely no commendations for him. Yeah. Because he got away, and he's also like, whoa, this dude is nuts. Psycho. Gonna just keep my distance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the next morning, they find out that Lupin has resigned his teaching post. Right, because magically word got out that he's a werewolf. I can't imagine who would have done that. Uh, Snape. Snape is responsible. Just ruining lives left and right. He couldn't get the Dementor's kiss on Sirius. He couldn't get the kids expelled. So he thought, I'll ruin Lupin's life. Right. And make him back to being destitute and, you know, begging Uh, for scraps probably because werewolves don't really get jobs. Yep, that's right. So Thank you, Severus. Ugh. But Lupin gives back the map and explains that he, Sirius, James, and Peter were the makers of the map and all of that. And, you know, everyone's sad. Yeah. Poor little, poor Lupin. Yep. They are on the train back to London, and Hermione tells them that she turned in the time turner and dropped enough classes to have a normal schedule. And uh, Sirius sends Harry an owl, like, 
hey, I'm, you know, your owl will find me, keep in touch, basically. Yep. yep. And the delivery owl is a tiny little fluff ball, and it's a gift to Ron because Sirius says it's my fault you no longer have a rat. Yeah. So sweet. It's really sweet. Thinking of Ron. <sighs> yep. I know. Oh, and yeah. I think he signs it like with he uses like code words and stuff for yeah. like Buckbeak, and he signs it like Padfoot or something. Yeah, like, I think he signs it. They don't use way. names. Yeah, in the letter, they yeah. don't want anything getting back to. They're 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 gonna be covert about this. They're pretty covert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, this is so great. So Sirius also puts in the letter a signed permission slip to go to Hogsmeade because he is, after all, Harry's legal godfather. Yep, and. Who's going to see this permission slip but Dumbledore? Dumbledore knows what's up, so he's allowed now. Yeah. It was so funny. I meant to mention earlier, like, Snape was like, and I think this kid has illegally been going to Hogsmeade, too. Add it to his list. Really illegal? Is it illegal to to go somewhere without a permission slip? Against the rules, sure. But he used the word illegal. I was just like, you are trumping up charges. Snape. You nutball. Grasping at straws, my man. Yep. So... Yeah, and that is Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Oh. It's really great because I think um, Harry does tell the Dursleys that about his godfather who's an ex-murderer. And they're yeah. just like, hey, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, uh, my godfather likes to keep tabs on me, you know? And then like, you don't have a godfather. I'm like, yeah, I do. He was a murderer, you know? Yeah. Now he's gotten out. and So, yeah, just uh, treat me nice. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hilarious, but yes, that is the end of the book. I just had to throw that in yeah. there because it's it's such a great little it's such a cool little cherry like, little cherry on top. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, uh, in our next novel, we were gonna do a different one, but we've changed course and we've decided our next novel is none other than A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yep. By one Sarah J. Mass. You already got just a little sneak peek you at got- some feelings. <laughs> You got a sneak peek. But you know what? There are many other thoughts and feelings, so buckle up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Bless you. What what happened? Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. He likes to exaggerate his sneezes sometimes. On purpose. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So funny. Um, okay, so for final thoughts, I feel like we don't necessarily, I mean, it's pretty obvious how we, like, feel about these, but I thought it could be fun for us to start ranking the mm-hmm. ones we've already read. Yeah. Not, like, our whole ranking, but just the first three. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. I'm so bad at ranking things. <laughs> <laughs> Especially these, because there's different things. <sighs> Originally, I probably would have st- put this one first or second and put Chamber of Secrets last. Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna, I think I would say like one, two, three is the order in which I like them. Really? One, two, three. Interesting. Maybe, maybe two is a little higher than one, but like one like sets the tone for everything, you Mm -hmm. know? And there's all the cool like stuff at the end. I think, I think in this moment I could change my mind. Because I've had different rankings before. But I think right now it would be one, two, three. Interesting. <laughs> I think mine it would be Prisoner of Azkaban, number one. Philosopher's Stone, number two. And Chamber of Secrets, three. Yeah. So. Like, I think that used to be my ranking. But, yeah. you know, it's there's a lot of fighting. And 
like I, I think I said in the previous episode, we were kind of talking about doing this. Maybe not part one, but like the book before. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah. I think I made a comment. It's not that I don't like this book. They're obviously mm-hmm. all amazing in like 10 out of 10. So yeah. I'm not saying it's not a good book. But I think for me, there's more just like day-to-day life, which is fine and cool. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of fighting between the trio, which is good development for their characters. Yeah. But I don't know. I like, I, I love it. I just, I think the other ones have more things rolling the plot forward. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's why for me, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get, I don't know who would rain me because nobody talks to us, but if they <laughs> did, I feel they would be upset with me. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban is one of the more loved ones of the series, which I, I do find shocking. I mean, I did put it as n- at number one thus far, mm-hmm. but when I'm thinking about from here on out, mm-hmm. the level of, like, plot and activity, mm-hmm. it just ramps up, like, zero to 60. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think putting this one above four, five, six, or seven, I feel like is insanity. Agreed. But, agreed. you know, to each their own, whatever you love the most. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like from here on is, like, nonstop. Right. Like, and and this does start launching, like, the rest of the series. Like, right. we, that big reveal that Peter was the secret keeper and betrayed them. Like, that's a big reveal. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm not trying to downplay that at all. Right. This is, like, it does have all the hallmarks of the hinge pin. Like yes. The hinge pin. Yes, absolutely. Because so, uh, now we know that Voldemort has someone on their way back to him. We know from the prophecy, like, that Trelawney just gave Harry. He's on his way back to mm-hmm. Voldemort, mm-hmm. for sure, without mm-hmm. a doubt. So we know that this is going to... Yeah. Continue, and things are just going to get wilder. Yep. Yep. And the size difference between this book and The Goblet of Fire is wild. I think The Goblet of Fire is, like, twice (laughs) as long. We're either going to have to be way more concise about the things that happen, which then we would be getting into movie territory where we're leaving things out, Mm -hmm. or we're going to have to, like, have three parts. We, I think, honestly, for at least four and five and seven... This, it would be three parts. Yeah. Six, I don't know. I, I will... A will, lot happens in six. A lot does happen in six. A lot of it information is, is revealed in six. A six lot. is shorter than four, five, and seven. I think it's because you get less action and more... Yeah. ...reveal information, right. maybe. Yeah. So, it. I don't know. They might all have to be three parts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm i not going to promise you right now that you're going to get all three parts at the same time either. Yeah. Yeah. The, you might get like two at once and then like the third part. Just depends. A few yeah. days later or yeah. they might all be spread out across a week. You know, we'll just we're just going to have to see how it goes. Yeah. But they're they're going to be sprinkled in like they've been. We're not going to we're not going to yeah. continue only doing Harry Potter from here. We're going to drop them in as we've as we've been doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> did you wanna right did you wanna give some like extra thoughts about the book? Um, I think I don't. I mean, I I really like Prisoner of Azkaban. It is it? I think maybe because it's different from the first two. Yeah, it made it more interesting. Even though it feel seems like less happens. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I really enjoy it. 
I like the tone change. I think it's necessary at this point. They're teenagers, mm-hmm. so it makes sense for it to have a bit of a darker tone. Yeah. And they're less childlike than mm-hmm. they were. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a level of innocence that has left them yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I think that that is all necessary and relevant. I like that Harry gets serious at the end of this. I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. He's never really had a parental figure. Um, not even really at Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Not, now he has someone who's not affiliated with Hogwarts right? and is affiliated with his parents instead. Right. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that Hagrid tries to be a father figure, but it's people have a perception of him that he's a bit of a oaf. So I think that takes a bit of that... Authority figure away. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I think that he would love and care for Harry yes. if he were able he yes. I mean, he, he does love him, would. but I mean, like, I think he would care for Harry. If, I agree. But yes, no, and, and I I agree, and that's why I said it's like I don't think that this one is necessarily, and I maybe I did say that, but I don't necessarily think that this one is less interesting. It's just crazy to me, like how <laughs> little they take the serious black thing serious. Yeah, I know, it's wild to me. Yeah, and then all the infighting is you know sad to me. <laughs> And they don't necessarily learn their lesson because we have a little bit of spoiler. You know, we have a little bit of infighting in the next one. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, although I like this one, I like the new characters that we get and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. There's just, I guess I just don't like it as much. And I am as just surprised as everyone else. (laughs) Because like I, I think I've said before, when I first read them, I found the second one to be dull and repetitive. But I really like it now. So. I don't know. Well, there you go. Yep. So, um, just, you know, rate and review us where you can. Yep. Please. Yeah. Send along your book racks and let us know if you've read any of the books we've covered. Let us know your feelings mm-hmm. on said books. Yep. And everything that you experience is all our doing. We do all our own work. So, yep. this little two, two boat crew. That's right. We're just rowing along. (laughs) Yep. So um, until we meet again, solemnly swear that you are up to no good. And read your books. Yes. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.